Blog Talk Radio. Yo, you know what time it is. It's My Take Radio, episode 11, and we are coming to you live from New York City on thir- on Wednesday, actually, Wednesday, September 16th, 2009. Uh, before we get into this week's topics, a uh, few things, a uh, little house cleaning, so to speak. Uh, prizes are starting with this week's show. Uh, if you answered the question from last week, you will be one of the many who will be in the running for a prize this week. Uh, the prize is going to be uh, probably Microsoft or PlayStation quote-unquote points. Uh, that's going to be this week's prize until, you know, we get things rolling. Uh, as always, you're going to be able to catch the question of the week at the end of every broadcast. And, of course, you'll be able to email that to mtrhost at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to call in to discuss any of tonight's topics, feel free to call 347-324-3541, and you can contribute to any of tonight's topics. Um, I managed to set up the website for the show. Uh, It's preliminary stages, but you will be able to check it out on mytakeradio.wordpress.com. It's mytakeradio, one word together, .wordpress.com. Uh, that URL is going to change within the next week or two, and I'll be able to switch it over to just plain old mytakeradio.com. As such, uh, I'm not even going to go into this week's topics just yet. Of course, the big thing in the news this week, there are a couple of big things. Uh, Kanye West, first of all. Kanye West seems to be the uh, topic du jour this week. Uh, based on his little outburst on the VMAs. Uh, For those of you that have been living under a rock, uh, Kanye West took it upon himself to go on stage when Taylor Swift was receiving the award for, I believe it was Best Female Artist. Uh, He took the time, the opportunity to say that uh, Beyonce's video was far superior and pretty much shit all over poor Taylor Swift. Now, of course... The press has gone crazy with it. People have commented about it. Twitter was a flutter with it. First off, the VMAs are total fucking bullshit. It's not a real awards show. You get a fucking platinum statue with a little astronaut on it. Nobody gives a shit. The fact of the matter is, the dude walked into the awards show with a bottle of Hennessy. He was probably drinking. He got a little fucked up. He was with 
Amber Rose. He was trying to be fucking stupid, and he went up there and made an ass out of himself. The fact of the matter is that, you know, he was probably drinking, he got a little tipsy, and he got caught out there and did some dumb shit. Of course, you know, I'm not defending the guy because it was a real dickhead move, but the fact of the matter is that, of course, the press, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Barack Obama said he was a jackass, this, that, and the third. He was on Jay Leno. Look, all I heard on the radio this week was about Kanye West. I'm not going to delve too far into the topic. I'm just going to say that he was on Leno, and people were beefing because Jay Leno brought up his mom. And, you know, you can interpret it any way you want. But, you know, I think that Leno was in the right because all he said was, like, look, I knew your mother. And she wouldn't – She he asked him, like, would she would not have approved, right? And, you know, he was probably caught off guard by the question, and I'm more than sure that the loss of his mother still has him a little fucked up. But, you know, it's no big deal. The fact is, you know, he got caught out there. You know, everybody's fucking crucified him. Look, fuck him. He fucked up. You know, he needs to take a little powder. Taylor Swift got publicity. He got publicity. MTV got publicity for their fucking bullshit-ass award show, and that's it. Let's hope I don't have to hear about it anymore this week. Of course, right after that were the countless pictures of Kanye West uh, downplaying certain events, like the passing of Patrick Swayze, which, you know, I'm not going to go into. He dead. You know, I guess somebody finally put baby in a corner. And that's it. Let's get into this week's stuff. Of course, the big thing is MMA news right off the bat. Uh, of course, tonight is Ultimate Fight Night, and I fucked up and put on the website that it was for Saturday, like a putz, and I had to go and correct it. But nonetheless, the Ultimate Fight Night was live. Uh, right now is probably the credits of the Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fight Night was just pretty, I wouldn't say it was phenomenal, but it was definitely one of the better fight nights uh, right off the bat. Uh, Quarry, Nate Quarry and Tim Crudeur came in there and they just started beating the piss out of each other for three rounds. Quarry got the unanimous decision. Great fight overall. I was surprised that uh, Rogan wasn't commentating and Florian was. I really have a love-hate relationship with Kenny Florian. You know, he bugs me, but, you know, he's a good athlete. So I try to look past the fact that he bothers me and take his opinion uh, a little bit seriously. But besides that, Carlos Condit fought uh, Jake Ellenberger. Uh, good fight. I thought Ellenberger had a shot, but Condit came in, and he handled his business with a split decision. Uh, the next card was Huerta and uh, Gray Maynard. And the fact was that I really thought Huerta was going to come in, considering that this is his quote-unquote last fight in the UFC, and he was going to come in here and handle his business you know, the first round, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Maynard should have, uh, shouldn't have got the round. Supposedly, the judges got it 29-28 uh, uh, was the final scorecard with the judges 30-27 for Maynard on two rounds and 29-28 on Huerta. Now, of course, he can proceed to go off into his movie career and Maynard can move up the rankings. Now, off the bat, I definitely see Huerta... You know, he'll be back in the UFC. A lot of people are saying that it's not going to happen, but he'll be back in there because, you know, he captures a different demographic. You know, he captures uh, the Latino following. And, you know, people can say what they say about, you know, 
stereotypes and shit, but, you know, a lot of Hispanic Americans and even Hispanics that slid into America, you know, are proud supporters of their fellow countrymen. The fact is that, you know, if the UFC plans to expand into Latino markets, you know, it's good to have a good stable of Hispanic fighters. Huerta, of course, is a marketable dude. He's not a busted dude. You know, he he has good marketability as well as an it factor that makes it, you know, it makes it appealing to have him, um, you know, presented to the Spanish audience. You know, I wish him the best of luck. I believe there's a rumor that he may be in the Tekken movie. How specific that is, I don't know yet. I'll probably see if I can have some more of that next week. And, of course, the main event was Nate Diaz and Melvin Gillard. I expected these guys to go the full three rounds. You know, Gillard came out in the first round trying to get that work in. Diaz, of course, is crafty. He's a real crafty dude. And you've got to be careful because, you know, Gallard's strength comes from his wrestling as well as, you know, the fact that he's just a, a, a very strong dude. But the fact is that, of course, Gallard came in first round doing his thing. Second round started, you know, Diaz was using his reach. Uh, Gallard with a little body kick, Superman punch. They hit, they went to the ground, and as soon as Gallard shot in to take Diaz down, Diaz locked in a modified guillotine choke. And, of course, Gillard taps. Uh, Diaz won in round two by submission. Looks like we, have, we may have our first call of the evening. Looks like it may be slick starting things off. Let's see. Yo, you're on the air. What's good, man? What's going on, sir? Yeah, I finally took your advice. I watched some UFC tonight, and it was, it was some good shit. I I mean I'm I'm gonna agree with the the commentators and call a uh, Condit versus Ellenberger for fight of the night. It was definitely the spectacle. Even I mean, Gallard versus Diaz that was a hot fight because I mean, Gallard put Diaz on his ass in five seconds and then turned around and lost the damn fight. I was kind of mad about that, but Diaz did his thing. You see what the funny thing is? You see how um, Diaz used his reach, you, you see, he's just a gangly fuck. And then, yeah. you know, Gallard, Gallard is no slouch. I really wanted to see Gallard put in a good performance. You know, he had, uh, had to do a stint in rehab for a drug problem, you know, and he seems to have gotten his focus back. And I think definitely in this fight, he looked crisp. His wrestling looked good. He just got caught out there, man, especially the Diaz brothers. You know, their jujitsu is no joke, you know. Nick Diaz is one guy who he'll catch you any time, and his little brother is definitely showing that he's no slouch either. Overall, you know, what did you think of the card as a whole? Um, it was a, it was definitely a good card. I mean, that it was quality with you take like any pay per view event and you take the undercard. A lot of times, those preliminary fights are bullshit. These were four pretty decent fights. I mean, freaking the first fight, um, Quarry was was putting it on, but <clears throat> Priya got that that comeback at the end, and it didn't work. But still, that kick to the head after all the punishment he took. I mean, it, it shows he has a lot of heart. He has a lot of stamina. Ellenberger. I mean, I thought Ellenberger was taking that even though Condit beat him in the end. Nobody was mad at how he lost, though. 
Well, you know what it is? Condit is a guy, he's coming in from the WEC. You know, he's got a, a bit of a following. The guy has a, you know, he has a good, he, he pretty much has great, um, how do you say? But he has an established base already. You know, coming out of the WEC, you know, he rolls in there. And, you know, people are ready to, to see big things out of this guy. So I think, you know, there was definitely probably a little performance anxiety. And I'm not going to say that he took the fight lightly. But a lot of guys, and, you know, Corey said it best at the closing of his interview. He said, yo, the fact is that when I came in, I just came in to fight. You know, because if you come in with a game plan, a lot of guys, and I'm not going to say the majority, but, you know, you got one or two guys that they're like, yeah, this guy, you know, he's okay. He's a slouch. But that's one thing I enjoy about MMA as a whole. The fact is that you can come in and you can be the shit. And all it takes is a punch to the face to put you to sleep, a knee to the face to put you to sleep, or somebody choking you out or, or just making you quit. And that's the, one, that, that's the one purest thing about MMA that I enjoy is the fact that there's, you know, there's, no, there's no middle ground. There's no, there's no refs calling for this. It's two guys going in there. You close the doors and you handle your differences. And, you know, either you make the guy submit or you knock the guy unconscious. That, that's, you know, that's the purest sense of the word. I think that's one of the best ways to test how good you are. You, know, you won't know how good you are until you go in there and put a pair of gloves on and punch somebody's face in. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, I was shocked to hell that Creta was even conscious at the end of that fight. I fucked the kick that he put off, that, which was beautiful, but the fact that he could stand after taking all that punishment, freaking, I, I misspoke earlier, crowd was mad that Condit won that fight. Shit, I was mad because I thought Ellenberger had that shit. Well, you know what it is? It's one of those things where you're, the crowd, you know, makes or, makes or breaks a fight, but it's also the reliance on the fact that, you know, a lot of people, uh, and this is what sometimes bothers me when I try to introduce people to the MMA sport as a whole, the fact is that you know, when it's a, 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 um, a back and forth with some ground fighting and a lot of stand-up, a lot of people don't take the time to, to appreciate the fact that, you know, the ground game, there's more strategy involved. You can always throw punches, and you, you never know. There's, you might get a miracle punch in there and put somebody to sleep. But the ground game is where, you know, conditioning comes into effect, uh, discipline, defense, sprawl defense, you know, things of that nature, they definitely – set apart certain fights from other fights. Like the Quarry and Crater fight definitely set the tone because those guys came in there. You had a lot of back and forth on the feet. You had a, a good counter. I thought that Quarry was going to get choked out by Crater at the beginning of the round. And, you know, Quarry, testament to his discipline, he comes in and he handles his business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like what do you call it, um, I won't spoil it like you said because the, the ultimate fighter is not live. The, the fight night is, but the ultimate fighter was proof that the defense is extremely important, especially when it comes to the ground game because that shit was just awful. But yep. Gallard had good defense. I mean, Diaz went for an early arm bar, flipped Gallard over, and Gallard just rolled right out of it like nothing. And when Diaz first dropped him, he got right to the gate, stood up, and tossed Diaz like he was a fucking toy monkey. I was like, that's right. Like, what the fuck? 
that's why I like, I mean, I mean, I I know it can happen at any time, but that that chokeout, that shit was surprising and impressive. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, I. You know, one of the things I always tell people is whenever you've got MMA on free TV and you're really not sure if you're a fan of the sport, take the opportunity. And don't get me wrong, there's sometimes really shitty TV cards, but the fact is that there are times you get a couple of gems in there. Like tonight's fight night was a perfect example of that, you know, and it, you, you get to capture a fan like that because usually, you know, people get the preconceived notion that there's still no rules, that people still pummel the shit out of each other. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's cleaner than that. And, you know, it, like I always say, it's a sport in the truest sense of the word. Well, while I got you on, I'm going to take another call. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Uh, yo, it's probably me again. I didn't, even, I didn't press one. I'll tell you, fucking ant. <laughs> You know, I, this is how I listen to the call, man, I, or the, the show. I just call in, but it says press one. Shut it off to my little friend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. There so, you go. Like, like just, just, just don't even talk to me until movie and game stuff comes on, because I have nothing to say about that anime. All right. Like that. All right. Yeah, one, one thing is you should try to catch the replay of uh, Ultimate Fighter. You won't believe it, but Mortis was on the show. <laughs> Mortis was on Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. Don't fucking wait. Oh, fucked up. Don't, don't do that to poor Mortis. All right, so we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave Ann on the line. Uh, I'm gonna move through the MMA news. Uh, if you want to hang around, slick, you can. If not, you can call back when I get into the other stuff. Yeah, I called back because I'm letting my phone charge right now. You got it, sir. Thanks for the call. Right, Peace. Later. All right. Now, of course, there's a lot of MMA news. I'm not going to spoil the Ultimate Fighter. I will discuss it next Thursday at length. Um, definitely want to give uh, props to MMA Weekly this week. They definitely were delivering on a lot of great news. Um, I got some prelim preliminary information for some of the upcoming UFC events. Uh, I'll discuss UFC 107 first because it's at the top of my notes. Uh, the main event is going to be BJ Penn and Diego Sanchez. It's rumored. It's not fully confirmed yet. Uh, Chet Congo is going to fight Frank Mir. Kenny Florian is going to fight Clay Guida. And Tiago Alves is going to fight Paulo Tiago. Now, I'm not going to go too in-depth into this card because the fact of the matter is I really would like to see the Penn and Sanchez fight. Um, I'm not really a big fan of BJ Penn as a fighter. Definitely a fantastic athlete. Great submissions, incredible flexibility, but I really would like to see Sanchez get a shot. You know, he's come all the way from the ultimate fighter, and he's just, you know, chipping his way up there. I'd like to see him at least, you know, get a get one title reign. You know, even if it's brief, definitely would like to see it. And I think that he may prove to be the kryptonite to BJ Penn as a whole. So, overall, that card is going to be one of those cards that, until I see the, rem the rest of the events, I'm going to be a little mixed about, not because of Czech Congo and Mir, because it's going to be a fantastic fight, uh, just from Mir's great Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, and Congo's just a monster. But I think that Florian and Gaida, while Gaida's an exciting fighter, you know, I'm just like I said, me personally, I'm not a big fan of Kenny Florian. So, you know, overall, these rumored fights look pretty decent. But, uh, you know, the UFC 105 card, 
looks crazy too. That one's supposed to be on November 14th, and it's going to be free on Spike TV. So anybody who wants to check out a real UFC event, definitely check out uh, UFC 105 because it's going to be free on Spike. And um, the rumored fights on the card are Couture and Vera. Uh, Bisping is going to fight Dennis Kang. Uh, that's a rumored fight. Dan Hardy's going to fight Dong Hyun Kim, which is also a rumored fight. Uh, Demarcus Johnson is going to fight on the card, as is James Wilkes. Uh, Ross Pearson is going to be a lot of great English fighters getting in there. Um, the UFC should probably be releasing the full official card within the next few weeks. And once again, it's, it's a free event on Spike. So November 14th, put that on your calendar. You can watch that. Um, and of course, everybody was talking about uh, Lesnar and Carwin. That's going to be really big with Coleman and Ortiz on the undercard. That's UFC 106. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but my notes, like I said, are a little fucked up. Uh, Lesnar and Carwin are going to meet up November 21st. And on that card, you're going to have the debut of Antonio Ruggiero Noguera, who's the brother of Minotauro. He's going to fight Louis Kane. Uh, Ricardo Almeida is going to fight John Fitch. Dustin Hazlitt and Carl Parisian, who I can't fucking stand. Uh, Marcus Davis and Ben Saunders, and the returning New York badass Phil Baroni, who is the real stereotypical uh, Tool Academy dude. He's just, a, he's just a maniac. He talks a lot of shit, just stereotypical douche, but just a great athlete. I'm actually a fan of his just because of, of the douchiness he brings to the cage. He's going to be making his return against uh, Ultimate Fighter winner Amir Sadala. Now, of course... Definitely want to see Lesnar and Carwin. Carwin, you know, feels disrespected by a lot of Lesnar's actions and the way he presents himself to the sport. Um, my pick, just, I can change this back and forth, but I think Lesnar might come in there and drop a fucking ham-canned fist on Carwin's face, but who knows? We'll see. Tito, of course, makes his long-awaited return to the UFC fighting UFC Hall of Famer Mark Coleman in a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Ortiz is coming off back surgery, a uh, long layoff, and he's fighting Coleman, who got a decision off of Stefan Bonner. fact of the matter is, I, I really want Tito to win because I'm a fan of his, even though he's another one that a lot of people hate. But Coleman is a guy you can't sleep on. You know, a lot of people are like, ah, he's old, blah, blah, blah. He comes in there and he puts in work. I, I've learned not to underestimate the older fighters, man, because sometimes experience as opposed to youth, can come in there and knock you right on your ass. Dana White, of course, has been all over the place uh, promoting MMA as only he knows how. Uh, he said that uh, he guaranteed by September 15th of next year the UFC is going to be on network television. Uh, he stated that if that does happen, he's going to put on one event a quarter, and it's going to be one that will be a pay-per-view caliber event, and he will put it on network television. Um, one of the fights that Dana White mentioned on his Twitter today was Felipe Nover and Sam Stout, which I had actually put on my website as a fight that I was excited to see and really did not make a definite pick on. Unfortunately, Nover uh, was unable to fight because he suffered a seizure in the locker room, which was very unfortunate. Dana White posted also that he was okay and that Stout was very cool about the incident and a class act. It, it's very unfortunate um, Nover's a great fighter. 
he really impressed me on the last Ultimate Fighter, and you know, uh, it, it was it was definitely a scary experience hearing him have a seizure. My sister uh, has had a seizure, and it's it's not a it's not a cool thing to see. So I can imagine that when he got it, you know, it must have freaked everybody out. But I'm glad he pulled out, and you know, hopefully he'll be able to get his match with Stout in the near future. That's going to close out this week's MMA news. Next week, I will be discussing Ultimate Fighter Heavyweights. Of course, the, the debut of Kimbo Slice in the UFC um, is very, very, very heavily talked about um, in various blogs and various articles. We're going to see if Kimbo Slice has the tools to go all the way or if he's going to be a one-trick pony. So that's going to be for next week. Nice little tease for you guys. Uh, let's move right into the wrestling news. Um, of course, it was, for some reason this weekend, people either got arrested or all kinds of shit. First one off the bat is Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, of course, recently left WWE to uh, pursue uh, various projects that he was working on, uh, things with his band. He was going to pitch a reality TV show, etc., etc. His last match was on SmackDown with CM Punk in an I Quit match in the steel cage. And, uh, of course, CM Punk won, Jeff Hardy left, blah, blah, blah. seems that over the weekend, uh, the Moore County Sheriff's Department executed a search warrant in Jeff Hardy's house and found some of the following beautiful things. Uh, 262 Vicodin pills, 180 Soma pills, 555 milliliters of anabolic steroids, and a residual amount of of powdered cocaine. The estimated street value of these drugs is $2,500. Fact is that, you know, it's $2,500 worth of shit, but he was um, charged with trafficking in controlled prescription pills and possession of anabolic steroids. He's also going to be facing felony charges on the trafficking of an opium, as well as two counts of felony possession with intent to sell or deliver a Schedule Three controlled substance. Felony maintaining a dwe- and also felony maintaining a dwelling to keep a controlled substance, also felony possession of cocaine and misdemeanor possession of drug paraphernalia. TMZ allegedly stated that his brother, which would be Matt Hardy, posted a one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar bail. Now, you know, of course, the the dirt rags and various websites are reporting that uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina Police Department acted on the search warrant through an anonymous tip. Uh, The chief's deputy, Neil Godfrey, told the Fayetteville Observer that after getting the tip, they launched an investigation that led to a search warrant for Hardy's home. They then executed the warrant and found the drugs. It seems that some of the details that came out earlier today were that Jeff and his wife, Beth, uh, his girlfriend, sorry, were home during the raid. Uh, His girlfriend was not arrested. There's also the possibility of more charges, and it's not known if the drugs that were in his house were for his personal use or the intent to sell them. One of the charges that he got, opium trafficking, um, carries a mandatory prison sentence of 3 to 14 years, even for first-time offenders, uh, very similar to the Rockefeller drug law. Now, I'm a little bummed out. I'm a lot bummed out just because uh, when you watch SmackDown – or any pay-per-view event, whenever Jeff Hardy's on television, you got all these kids, you know, they got the Hardy armbands, they got the Hardy face paint, the T-shirts, you know, kids fucking idolize this dude. 
And the guy's, you know, he has probably one of one of the great jobs in the world, you know, performing, traveling the world. And he walked away to pursue these other projects, which is fine. But the other, the only other project he was working on was supposedly drug dealing. Now, of course, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But the fact that they found all this shit in his house, he better have a really good explanation, like a doctor's prescription or it was placed there by elves, or, or some shit, because as of right now, he's looking at 3 to 14. So, you know, I, I mean, I wish him the best of luck, but if he's really down with that shit, that's really fucked up. That's what can I say? Of course, also, in talking about people getting arrested, a few shows ago, I discussed Kurt Angle getting arrested for allegedly stalking uh, fellow TNA wrestler Raka Khan, who was his girlfriend at the time, seems that, you know, the case was heard in court, and it, the case practically was thrown out. He only got um, one charge for allegedly assaulting her. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it, I, he, he, you know, he had a pretty good case, and it's cool that he got off, you know, uh, off of those two charges, and, you know, it's it's just a fucked up situation. I can't really discuss it further just because like i said the details are you know very sketchy at the moment i think that about covers uh the wrestling arrests for this week uh trish stratus hosted raw this monday um her her guest hosting gig was pretty cool i'm not gonna shit on it you know she actually got to wrestle uh she looked in fantastic shape uh people enjoyed her being on the show and you know it made uh absence made the heart grow fonder, so to speak, because, you know, the crowd was really receptive, and she was an overall great guest host. Uh, The guest host for Raw's train wreck next week is going to be Cedric the Entertainer. Now, I can't really shit on it. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. Cedric is a funny dude. It's just a matter of how much uh, material he's going to have to work with. Also, on Raw this week, um, they started announcing matches for the Hell in a Cell-themed pay-per-view. Of course, they're already rehashing the matches from the last pay-per-view breaking point. Uh, John Cena is going to fight Randy Orton for the WWE title, of course, in a Hell in a Cell match. And D-Generation X is going to fight the Legacy in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, you know, one thing I can't stand is you pay 50 bucks, you watch a fucking pay-per-view, you see the match, whatever outcome happens. Then the next month, guess what you get? Same fucking match again. It's like, you know... I understand wrestling is predetermined. It's got fucking storylines and shit. But must the story must the storyline consist of rehashing the same shit from last week? It, it's fucking getting ridiculous. I mean, one of the reasons I, I've been watching wrestling on fucking fast forward is just because these motherfuckers can't get their act together. But who knows? Maybe this Hell in a Cell match will be the you know the end for both of these feuds, and we can move on. And the last uh, bit of bizarro wrestling news, uh, WWE sent out a press release that uh, WWE CEO Linda McMahon resigned from WWE today to run for the U.S. Senate seat in Connecticut. Um, According to the press release, it reads as follows. World Wrestling Entertainment today announced that Linda McMahon has stepped down as chief executive officer after announcing her candidacy for the... Fucking wow, way to eat that word, candidacy for the United States Senate, representing the state of Connecticut. Vince McMahon assumes the duties of chief executive officer in addition to his current position as WWE chairman. 
McMahon will be supported by the seasoned executive management team already in place and led by Chief Operating Officer and Board Member Donna Goldsmith. Now, I have no issue with, you know, anybody getting into politics and shit, but here's the problem. All you got to do during a debate against Linda McMahon is put video footage of her getting uh, a tombstone pile driver from Kane or her slapping Vince McMahon on television or any of the other myriad of fuckeries that have happened with her involvement over the last few years in wrestling. Again, I'm not going to shit on her. I'm, you know, she's, she's a very well-educated woman. She has a lot of financial savvy, you know, CEO of a big company. But, you know, this Senate seat thing, man, this is, this is a big fucking deal. You can't just go in there thinking that you're going to get wrestling fans to vote for you or some shit. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using a wait-and-see approach I believe that she already set up her website for candidacy. Uh, Just probably punch in Linda McMahon Senate on Google, and you should be able to check out that gem of a website. And we'll see what happens. I mean, this is going to be a circus worth covering over the next few weeks. I'm not going to get into a lot of political talk because, you know, that's not what this show is about. And frankly, politics is just a bunch of lying fuckheads telling you what you should and shouldn't believe in or you should and shouldn't fight for. So... You know, I'm not going to get too political about it. I'm just going to definitely cover the train wreck that is her run towards the Senate. Now, let's get into some gaming news. Of course, I can't open up gaming news without a little little nugget of information about Nintendo. Um, recently, and I think it was within the last two weeks, I saw that uh, the Cabela's Big Game Hunter 2010 was released on the Wii. As such, you'd expect that a game like that would come with some sort of gun shell, whether it be a shotgun or, you know, a rifle or something. It's kind of the, the default thing that's expected with this fucking game. Of course, Nintendo took the opportunity, and according to Activision's Jeff Minch, um, they were presented with a series of obscure Nintendo regulations meant that the neon bright peripheral that comes with Cabela's Big Game Hunter actually cannot be called a shotgun. It can't even be called a gun. No, they were actually told that they must use the term firearm in order to describe the attachment that comes with Cabela's Big Game Hunter 2010. Now, of course, people can say, you know, blah, 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 don't, you know, guns, kids, all this shit. The thing is, you know, you got this, you got this game. Big Game Hunter. Well-known. Everyone's seen it. I've seen it Dave and Buster's a million times. When you play the game, what do you use? A fucking gun. Most of the times, it's a shotgun. Here comes Nintendo with their holier-than-thou. You have to call it a firearm. Look, here's the explanation of the game. You take a gun and you shoot fucking animals. So if you think that by saying you take a firearm and shoot animals, you're going to make it any less fucking, you know, cruel... You know, if, you know, if PETA were looking at it, no. The fact is, it's a fucking game where you shoot bears and deer and squirrels and fucking rabbits and shit, and you need a gun. You know, not a neon bright peripheral or neon bright firearm. Last time I checked, guns aren't fucking orange, so the fact is nobody's going to run out there and say, oh, look, this kid has an orange gun. Run, hide. Flee. It's fucking bullshit. 
You know, once in a while, Nintendo really does something really stupid and boneheaded, and this, to me, is one of those occasions. Of course, this week also had a couple of, you know, little nuggets of numbers that were, tri- that were trickling in. GameSpot actually reported that Wolfenstein, the new one that just recently was released, only sold 106,000 copies combined. That's 59,000 for the Xbox 360, 30,000 for the PS3, and 17,000 for the PC. Now, I actually have that game on a queue for, um, you know, on Gamefly to check out. And, you know, the Wolfenstein game, they just, they've reached a point where I feel that they've become a little dated. You know, the whole fucking Nazis doing black magic and zombies and fucking Adolf Hitler vomiting green slime on people. It's like, really, how many more times can we kill the fucking Nazis in Wolfenstein? You know, I think they need to go possibly in another direction. Offhand, I can't suggest the direction they should go in. But just the whole Wolfenstein thing, you know, I equate it to Doom where, you know, it's the same formula. You're the dude. You go into the, the, the fucking mansion or the room and the monsters come forward attacking you and they shoot fireballs and green shit and you shoot them and you go to the next stage. Oh, no, a trap door. It, it's fucking predictable. You know, I'm going to actually probably do a review of Wolfenstein uh, I'd, I'd say within the next two weeks, I actually have Mad World now and No More Heroes, which I'm working on, and I'm hoping that I can also finish the Dishwasher Dead Samurai on Xbox Live. So I'd say within two weeks, I'll give you a review of Wolfenstein, and I'll let you know if the 106,000 copies are the basis of you know a game just going under the radar with poor advertising or the fact that the game is just a disc of shit. And of course, good old Walmart breaks the news that the Wii is going to have a price drop. Supposedly, a circular was leaked out this week that the Wii is going to have a rollback with a price reduction of $50. You know, with the PS3 and the 360 already getting cut, everybody kind of assumed that the Wii would go that route just to move more units. Um, Toys R Us also kind of leaked out an ad. for the last week of September, that's also showing the Wii for 199 Nintendo, of course, is not commenting on any of this, and they're not even acknowledging that such evidence exists. But the fact is that I think the price cut is definitely going to move more Wii units. But the, the issue I have with the whole thing is that you're going to move more units, but there are no fucking games. What are, you gonna, what are people going to play? Wii Fit Plus? That shit comes out in October, and if you already have Wii Fit, you're only going to pay 20 bucks for Wii Fit Plus. In terms of moving more units, you need fucking software. You need games that will make people want to go and buy the system. You know, one of the things that a lot of people bought the PS3 for are for games like Metal Gear, you know, Resistance, Killzone, you know, games that, that, that attract the attention of the general consumer. The fact is that what are you going to buy Mario for? Wii Sports? I mean, what are you going to buy the Wii for? For Wii Sports or fucking Mario Baseball or Mario Kart? It's like there's no game that calls you to buy the Wii. And I, and I can say, you know, I don't like shitting on the Wii every week because the fact is that it's a fun system and, you know, it doesn't deserve to get shit on because there are 
uh, a nice, good crop of games on there. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, I think they, they, they're dropping the ball, not so much with the price drop, because that's, that's fine, you know. Paying less for, for a good system is fine. But the fact that there are no games to assist in the pushing of this new price point, that bothers me. You know, Xbox dropped the price recently. You know, you got the, the Ballad of Gay Tony coming out. You, you got a couple of, of good games for Xbox. Same thing with the PS3. They dropped the price. And, you know, a couple of good properties on the PlayStation 3 that you can play in addition to just having a Blu-ray player. It's, it, yeah, I can't. I can't shit on Nintendo this week. I can't because it's going to end up consuming a good part of the fucking show. And I can't. So fuck them. Y'all want to drop 50 bucks with no games? Go ahead and do it. Needless to say... It's going to fucking blow up in your face if you, don't, if you guys don't put out any games. Moving on. The LA Times reported that Batman Arkham Asylum has already sold 2 million units since being released on August 25th. That's great news. I actually contributed to that by picking it up. I have not played it yet because, of course, I am trying to play a million other things. But hopefully when I throw the disc in there, I'll be able to take advantage of the free map pack, which comes out tomorrow, uh, the 17th. You're going to get the Insane Night map pack, and it's going to come with two new challenge maps, Totally Insane and Nocturnal Hunter. Uh, the map for Totally Insane, players are going to get the opportunity to fight off as many lunatics as they can while they escape through the asylum record, the, um, the records facility asylum. You're going to try and get the highest chain possible, and that's going to be one of the motivations for the map. Uh, the other map is Nocturnal Hunter. And it's an invisible predator map, and you're going to be able to use shadows to take out all the convicts, as well as watchtowers and gadgets are going to be used to take advantage of the situations presented in the map. Both map packs are going to be free for the PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. So if you own Arkham Asylum, my suggestion is to turn either of those systems on tomorrow and download yourself a free map pack, which will, of course, add plenty of playability value to an already great game. I'm very happy that Arkham Asylum sold that many units, not just because it's a good game, but because the superhero gaming genre constantly cranks out tons of flaming turds on a regular basis. That's all they do. They just crank out shit game after shit game after shit game. I mean, I picked up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, which, you know... I was a bad boy, and I bought before Street Date, but I was a good boy and not playing it. But, you know, the Ultimate Alliance games are a guilty pleasure for me, so, you know, if it sucks, whatever, I'll fucking sell it. If it's good, it'll add to the improvement of superhero games. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's going to be one or two more shit games that are going to be put out based on superhero movies or just superhero properties as a whole. But we'll see what happens. This afternoon, I made a post on, my, on the My Take Radio Facebook fan page about the special edition Call of Duty Xbox 360, which, wait for it, comes with a 250-gig hard drive. At um, a conference on, on the 15th, Microsoft revealed the Modern Warfare 2 Xbox 360, and it's going to come out on November 10th with the game's launch. The bundle is going to come with a special uh, Modern Warfare 2 decorated 360. You're going to get two wireless controllers and a copy of the game, as well as the 250-gig hard drive. The bundle is going to retail for 400 bucks when it comes out, 
And, of course, the first question is people are like, hey, are we going to be able to buy that 250-gig hard drive separately? It seems that Major Nelson uh, posted a post on Twitter, which I must have missed because I follow his ass, stating that the 250-gig Xbox 360 will only be available in the Modern Warfare bundle and will not be sold separately. And also, the fact is that the drive as of the hard drive as of right now will not be sold separately either. Now, of course, I I, I admire Xbox for taking advantage of the Call of Duty name and maximizing it to the utmost potential by conveniently releasing a bundled system. The shit that irritates me is the fact that they put out this new system with a 250-gig hard drive to lure in whatever SATs don't already own an Xbox 360. That's great. But guess what? A lot of the people that are going to buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare are guys who've already played Call of Duty. So the fact that you're releasing this brand new system for a game that I feel personally is going to be purchased by repeat customers in the Call of Duty universe is particularly disturbing, especially because they're going to get the opportunity to get a 250-gig hard drive, while guys like me and countless other gamers are going to have to make do with the 160 and hope that the 250 comes out for us. Yeah, I, don't, I don't understand Microsoft's marketing strategy in terms of gaining market share. You know, personally, you know, the 250-gig hard drive should have been released solo, and then on top of that, you know, you want to drop the console, fine, but at least it allows gamers that already have a system to enjoy the benefits of the 250-gig hard drive because, you know what, Xbox Live capitalizes on the fact that you download movies, you download shows, you download games, you download demos, so why not allow us the opportunity to increase the fucking storage? I, I, I just don't get it. I think it's fucking horseshit, and it disturbs me that, you know, newcomers are going to get a 250-gig hard drive, and us, the hardcore old-school gamers that have been with the 360 from the beginning, once again get shitted on, and are going to have to either buy a new 360 to get the 250-gig hard drive or wait until Microsoft gets off their asses and decides to sell the shit for probably 200 bucks. Because, you know, every, every other hard drive that you can buy in a fucking computer store of that size retails 50, 60 fucking bucks. You could even walk out there and get a 500-gig hard drive for 75 or 80 bucks on a good day. Uh, I really think that they're their motivation for this fucking console storage is utter horseshit. And the fact that people got to go out and buy a new system to take advantage of it is even more horseshit. Uh, it looks like we got some calls on the board. I got a little bit more rage to direct at Microsoft, but let's see who we got on the air. Well, Yo, you're you on the air. So far, you got me. What's up, man? Uh, just listening in. Um, uh... You know how I usually am when it comes to you ranting on Nintendo and me going back and saying, it's got games, it's got games, so I'm not going to do that this week. So I always do that. I can just, I can just go on and on about Metroid Prime Trilogy and House of Dead Overkill and No More Heroes yep. and all that stuff, but I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to let that thought slide. Well, you know what it is? I, I, it's always good that you call in to debate this stuff because you know what it is? I, I, it really upsets me having to open up a show or a topic relating to Nintendo by just unleashing a barrel of shit on them. You know, it's like, 
here's the Nintendo logo. I'm going to dangle my butt cheeks on it and just shit all over it. I really don't want to do that. I'm always a fan of Nintendo, and I like to try and support their products as best as possible. But you've got to be, you know, on the same page with me in the sense that you're dropping it for 50 bucks, which you're going to drop it 50 bucks, which is great. But the incentive to get people to, to, to buy consoles right now, other than the 50 bucks, is nothing else. You get what I'm saying? It, it, it's like, yeah, we're dropping really? the system 50 bucks. What, what can we play that's new? Uh, nothing. You know? Well, it's really a big percentage game. Like, you, you think about it, and it's always been this way since launch. Well, not really since launch, but for, for the past year or year and a half, it's been a percentage game of, like, how, what percent is shovelware, what percent is kid games, what percent is party games, what percent is good good uh, core gamer stuff. And, like, there was a lot of good core gamer stuff in the first year, and then it started to trickle down to less and less. Now it's like there's one game that I'm and pretty much most of the, the core gamers are looking forward to. That's No More Heroes 2. That's not coming out until, like, I think later next year. So yep, like, I think it's I, in March. Wow. Well, March, then I'm, then I'm then sorry. But still, like, there's that. And then there's the, the core, core gamers 2, two kitty gamers demographic, which would have to be... Uh, like Mario Galaxy 2, but you think about it, and like I was saying with the percentage game, you have so much shovelware coming out for it. Like, you look at any list of games coming out at any time from here till like, next year, and you're only going to see maybe up to four or five games that will be somewhat interesting. To me, it's only two games right now that are that are interesting enough to go out and buy because the games are at a lower price point than 360 and, and PS3. But like you were saying, yeah, there's a lot of shit that comes out on it, and there's no real reason to have the system for 50 bucks less. Which is why I honestly think Nintendo should have dropped it to 150. Because I mean, granted, it's a very cheap system, and granted, there's not a lot of games for it. But 150 is a lot more attractive to pretty much everyone. But you know how Nintendo is; they want to keep cranking out and and getting all that money that it continuously prints out of the little glowing blue slot. So that's how <laughs> that's how they are. And it's and true. I mean, you 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 always like I always tell you. You know, I always give you props. You make a valid point. And, you know, every system has shovelware. Every system has shit games. You know, if Slick were on the phone right now, he'd say that, you know, shit game for the 360 of the week is wet, you know. And the fact is that I understand that. But the thing that gets me is there's always an incentive. Like right now, the 360 drop. Okay. You can still look forward to Call of Duty coming out. You can look for uh, the GTA episodes. Yeah, any any other first party games, you know, Halo ODST, you know, there's there's an incentive. It's like, all right, I buy this new system and I can play some of these games within the next three months. Then you can get, you know, the PS3 and be like, all right, look, like look at you, you got the slim, and you're like, all right, I can play, you know, I can play Batman or I can play, you know, what the hell? Yeah, you can play Resistance or you can play Infamous. You know, there's an incentive that you went and parted with your hard-earned money to play that game, you know, to, to enjoy some of, that, some of those games because they were out there already or they were close enough, uh, you know, in proximity that you can say, all right, I'll buy the system, and in two weeks I'll buy this game, which I really want. Nintendo's not giving people that incentive, which is what bugs me. Well, all right, well, going from my own perspective, going on incentive alone, like the games I'm actually playing now aren't new upcoming games. The games I'm playing are just stuff from the back catalog since PS3 was launched. Like the next game on my list for, on Gamefly for PS3 is, Ratch, is not Ratchet and Clank, Little Big Planet. I just beat Ratchet and Clank. I'm playing Killzone 2 now, and I'm playing Resistance 2. So I'm playing games in the back catalog. Now with Wii, 
like it's the same thing. Like the, like uh, the main incentive for Nintendo is the back catalog, and that that can be pretty much said for anybody because you look look at my list of games personally, and I have pretty much maybe three quarters of of the greatest games in the back catalog of, of Wii games, and there's a there's a, a decent amount of games if you want to go on stuff since Wii's launch. So I mean there is that stuff to look forward to, and and the Metro Prime trilogy. Granted, it's just a port with different controls. It's it's still like three really well maybe two and a half good games because I don't consider Echoes to be a great game at all. But still, like it's it's at least three good great games for for what what is it forty bucks? So I mean you got a yeah, lot of good that you can play from the past, which is good. Now the, the fact that there's nothing new in the in the future coming, well I guess you can hold off until something does come by playing the, the big list of good games that the Wii does have from ever since 2006. Oh, yeah, of course, but see, the thing is that I can play some of those games. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm playing back catalog games now. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to shit on it because I'm playing, you know, I got, I'm playing No More Heroes. I'm playing Mad World. You know, I'm, there's always going to be great games. You know, Wii Fit Plus, you know, I got Wii Fit. I play that shit religiously. So I'm more than sure that, you know, Wii Fit Plus is, you know, it's going to be 20 bucks. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a must-buy. You know, it's a fucking $20 game if you already got the Wii Fit. And then, of course, people that don't have the Wii Fit are going to have to get beat over the head an extra 10 bucks because the new Wii Fit board with Wii Fit Plus is going to be 100 bucks. Yeah, that's true. Well, still, you know, like, I, guess, I guess you made, you made the point there, and I guess we, we both can kind of come to an agreement that there are old games, but, but the new games coming out aren't really as nice to think about when it, as opposed to the PS3 and 360. Yeah, most of the games like, you know, Mario Mario and Luigi um is is a fucking DS game. And then yeah. the new Super Mario Brothers game is just Mario Brothers with four players. You know, it's like there's not there's not something new, man. There's not something that that says to me, "Hey, I want to go and drop, you know, 200 bucks because X game is coming out." That, that, like, I, like I always say, you know, I don't like shitting on Nintendo, but I'm only shitting on Nintendo in regards to present business. You know, not, not past stuff. Their past stuff is always good. It's just their present shit that just upsets me. Like, it seems like their model is fucking, their model is stalled. You know, they don't, they don't want to move forward and fucking innovate. But that's not to say that they don't drop the shit to 199 and move, you know, 25,000 systems. Because they might just on the allure that... Most of us hardcore gamers will be like, eh, 200 bucks ain't bad. You know, it might be a lot of guys or girls who already have systems that might just want to add the Wii to the collection. You know, that may be um, part of the boost that they're going to see. The other boost is going to be, you know, parents for the holidays, you know, especially with the economy still in the shitter, looking to get their kid the newest system for the cheapest price. And, you know, the you can get a full Wii system for the price of, you know, practically when they lower it, you know, the price of a DS, because the DS is, what, 170 You know, for an extra 30 bucks, you get a full system. Or the PSP Go. You know, so I think that the Wii is going to definitely cannibalize those two markets because you're going to get a full console system with, you know, free internet, you know, free connectivity, a, a great back catalog of games for, you know, the price that you get one of these smaller portable systems. Then it's just a matter of do you want a portable system. Well, that brings me to a little mini rant then when it comes to portable systems versus consoles and the pricing points. Now, I mean, like, I, I know I'm not the only one. I know that there's a million people that agree with this, but 
Like when it, you think about PSP Go and how much is that going to be? Two fifty? Yeah, the two fifty two hundred fifty dollars for for a handheld. And then you have the the PS3 and the PS3 Slim, which are three hundred dollars. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how like what what justifies it being only fifty dollars cheaper. And the same thing for for the Wii and and the PS and the DS, the DSi. Hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty bucks, as opposed to two hundred for the full console. Like, where does Nintendo and Sony justify having the, their handhelds being only like less than one game's price of a distance, of a difference? Like, it's like you have a thirty price dollar price difference for Nintendo, a fifty dollar price difference for Sony, and it's like for that price, I can get one game, and that's it. And, and like, no, it you're should right, be you're like right. what, the, what the hardware is like the. PSP Go, sure, it's newer hardware for a handheld, but still, it's a lot less hardware. It's a lot less that it could do. It's smaller, and like it should be, I don't know, like half the price of a home co- home console. That's how how it should be for any handheld. Is it is at most half the price of a home console? Oh yeah, of course. But they're gonna try and cannibalize now the iPhone share. But you know what? Ant? Definitely stick around because I, I want you for the duration of the game segment, and let's take some calls. Let's take the first call. Who's this? You're on the air. Yo, this is Strider. What's up, Strider? What do you got? Man, uh, yeah, so this is in response to the 256, uh, 250 gigabyte uh, P360. Uh, I'm just curious, what the fuck is Microsoft thinking? I mean, in this defense, sure, it might be a good idea. You know, you have a, uh, a 360, uh, you get an extra controller, a $60 value, and another game, another $60 value. Uh, so basically, that's four hundred. Sorry, is it three ninety nine? Yeah, three ninety. You get four hundred bucks. You save ten dollars on the whole thing, and you get a two fifty gig hard drive with it. Sure, I would be a lot great. I'd be a lot more grateful if Microsoft weren't a bunch of dicks and allowed you to actually upload your own freaking media on the system. I mean, the only thing you can do with the damn thing is, you know, of course, if you have games on it, you can save the whole game to the hard drive to save on using the DVD drive. Uh, you can stream your stream media from your USB flash or from the PC, and you can download stuff from Xbox Live. But, you know, I, I still got my 20 gig, and, you know, I may have like 5 gigs left, but that's only because of the stuff that I download through Xbox Live. I barely use it. You know, the, the stuff I have on it is like from my CD, music CDs and shit. But, you know, 256 gigs? Come on. I mean, nobody's going to use up all that shit. On the PS3, that would make a hell of a lot more fucking sense. I mean, come on, man. It's like it's like, it's like booty. I know it's weird when I say that, but, you know, it's like booty. Microsoft tells you, hey, man, I'm going to give you this booty. You can look at it. You can slap it. But you can't fuck it. What? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, what's the point? I mean, with PS3... You can upgrade your booty. You can switch it out. You can, you know, you can upgrade and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Download stuff. So all that is just uh, the whole thing with Microsoft is you have 256 gigs of stuff that you can't do anything with, and I think it's almost pointless. That's my point. I got a response to that. It's not really. I'm, I'm agreeing with you totally about that. Like. You think about it. I guess Microsoft would try and say in their defense, "Oh, well, you can download all these movies from from our video marketplace." But then you think about it, as someone who's downloaded movies before and has just checked them out, most of them out, they mostly have like a rental period where you can only watch it once or 
within seven days, or you can only watch it for 24 hours, and then it's done. So at that point, you delete those files, so they don't stay on your hard drive. Now, if Microsoft were trying to say that you you get all this video marketplace content on your hard drive, you need more space. Yeah, that's if you download like like 200 movies in one day and decide you want to watch them all somehow. But you can't do that. Well, you know what? I mean, you know, and, and this is why it's always it's always great to get vary varying opinions. The thing is that as an as an existing customer, as somebody who already has the system, don't you feel a little bit annoyed that new that new console buyers are going to get more storage? Meanwhile, okay. those of us that are diehard, you know, Xbox 360, you know, ride or die gamers are stuck with a smaller hard drive until Microsoft decides to take their thumb out of their ass and toss yeah. us a nugget. Don't you think yeah, it's unfair that, you know, why is our money any less inferior than the fuckers who buy the new system? What, because they like fucking Call of Duty? They're entitled to get more storage and extra shit. Meanwhile, the rest of us, you know, pissant gamers who bought who got fucking conned into the shill of Microsoft in the beginning, you know, we get whatever you get. You know, you either bought the core system when you bought it, or you bought the Elite when you bought it. But guess what? We were paying the fucking premium. We were paying, you know, 450 or 350 You know, yeah, you, drop, you put it out there for 400 bucks, but guess what? Now you're making money on the back end giving people more storage. Meanwhile, the rest of us, you know, that fucking... You know, we, we fucking lay out money, man. You, you know, it's the same shit I've always said. You want us to fucking download your games, download your demos, download your videos, your fucking TV shows, your lame stand-up comedy, your XNA games, all this shit, but yet you're not giving us the fucking storage. What the fuck is that, man? It's, it's bullshit. It's bullshit that I got to go, you know, right now, supposedly, and if I wanted more storage, I'd have to buy a new Xbox. You know, what the fuck kind of shit is that? That's definitely Microsoft making a big shit in my Red Ring cereal. That's all it really is. That's, that's know, some con- doesn't it, con- doesn't it fucking get yeah. you mad, though? Don't it get you mad that you fucking spent this money on this fucking system, and these guys, just because it has Call of Duty on it, they get more fucking space. You know what? The fucking fact that they've beaten me over the head and given new gamers more space has a different kind of Call of Duty in my fucking stomach. Because I want to shit on them. Because it's bullshit. It is. Personally, I I would be more upset if the content that that they allowed, like Netflix and Video Marketplace, the stuff that takes up the most space, wasn't streaming. Like, like, to be able to stream that content doesn't take up any space at all in your hard drive. So, like, I wouldn't really be too concerned unless you you feel like installing every one of your games on your hard drive. That's when it gets... Think it's necessary, but that's not really all that necessary. So like, of course not. Yeah, but they that, want I'm you to do all that have, shit. Yeah, but like, we don't have that's the choice. I, I am kind of mad about that, but I'm not too mad, like screaming, hollering, about to go up to Seattle and kill somebody. Oh no, but you know what it is? I'm just mad because you know I bought a launch 360, so I laid out you know the original fucking paper for the system, and you know there's been price drop after price drop after price drop, you know, and I let it rock. Because I'm like, whatever, I got my 360, it works, it hasn't died on me, whatever. But the thing that gets me is that, you know, I got the con when I had the 20-gig hard drive and I upgraded to the higher hard drive. You know, you got me with that. That's fine. But what gets me is that they push you to download all this extra shit, which, once again, I got no problem downloading, but you know what? Give us, 
give us the choice of having the space. You know, I know a lot of people might say, oh, well, my hard drive's not full, or my hard drive, you know, only has saves and shit, or I don't install games, and that's fine, you know, because everybody does whatever they want to do with their system. The shit that, you know, makes me really frustrated, like I said, is the fact that those of us that have already laid out the money, whether it's, you know, the 400 or the 500 from back in the day or the 300 recently, you know, what's going to happen when a guy, a perfect example, what's going to happen when a guy like Slick, who just went, and got a 360 a few weeks ago and got it with a bigger hard drive, you know, has to deal with the fact that, wow, if I would have waited, yeah, it's a Call of Duty system, but I would have got a new system with more space. You know, isn't, don't, you, don't you feel that if you were in his shoes or any other gamer's shoes that you're getting a disservice from Microsoft? Yeah, and, like, one thing that, that really bothers me is that Microsoft saw big sales for the 120 hard drive, like, ex- external like by itself, just standalone hard drive. They saw huge sales when that first came out. So like, why is why aren't they thinking to do the same thing? Like, it doesn't make any literal sense at all as to why they wouldn't release a standalone. Like, the only thing they said in their defense is, oh, it would probably cost three hundred dollars for you to buy a standalone. Uh, you make the price up. It's not like like you're going to have to sell it for that price. Like, well, like you can't tell us that it would cost that much. You tell us that it would cost twenty dollars more than one hundred twenty gigs. We'll be fine. Don't tell us it's going to be $300 if it ever comes out. That's going to scare people away. Yep. It's going to ass marketing process. What about you, Strider? What do you got? Because I know you're just hiding uh, in the background, laying in the cut. No, no. Like, I already made my point. You know, I'm not trying to be like Gene like the other time, dude. I made my point, and uh, you commented on it. That's all. I'm going to leave it at that. I have nothing more to say. All right, I, I think all I right brother. My... Well, I'm going to move into the next call, and if you want to call back, by all means, you're welcome to do so. Word. All right? Word. All right, homie. Peace. All right. A little little black rage getting queued up. Good old Slick. I need to really get Slick a black rage sound clip. The only thing I can come up with to introduce him would be a little Gene Wilder. You dumb asshole! All you gotta do is get Kanye West for Slick. Eh, there you go. All right, let's put him in queue. Welcome back. What's up, man? What do you got? Um, on the whole 360 rant, um, I mean... I basically did wait on the 360 to get the larger hard drive because, and it's not the fact that there's now a larger hard drive that pisses me off. It's the fact that I had to go get a new 360 because my second one fucking died. That really pisses me off. So it's not even the hard drive, but the biggest problem with the release of a 250 gigabyte hard drive is the fact that Microsoft has a fucking laptop hard drive encased in plastic with Xbox 360 written on the top and a little cable attached to it, and they call that their proprietary hard drive. I'm looking at BestBuy.com right now, and the 120-gigabyte hard drive is still $150 to buy separately. It hasn't dropped in price at all. I'm looking at New Way where everything's cheaper. It's $139.99 for the same hard drive, so you save 10 bucks. But guess what? I'm also looking on Newegg at uh, the uh, largest hard drive you can put in a PS3 because you can put any 
5,400-RPM hard drive, laptop hard drive in a PS3, and it'll work just fine. Guess how yes, much sir. that bitch is? That 500-gigabyte hard right? drive, which is twice the size of Microsoft, it's $95. So thank you, Microsoft, and fuck you very much. There you go. But see, this is, this is the perfect example of what I was just saying with Ant. It's like, your system died, so you kind of had to get it. You, you kind of had to get a system. You were in a corner. But let's, let's, let's turn back the clock. Let's say your system didn't die, and you still had the system, but the one with the bigger hard drive comes out. What, what, what would you do? Would you, know, would you have pulled the trigger the same way just because you needed it, or would you have tried to tough it out? until this new one came out, you know, notwithstanding Call of Duty, you know, marketing ploy on it. Would you, have, would you have pulled the trigger and waited, or would you still have stuck by the decision you stuck by getting it now? Well, I did kind of wait, but it depends on how long I would have had to wait, because like I've said before, my whole thing with the 360 is that I get to play with my friends. I get to play with Ant. I get to play with you. I get to play with Strider. I get to play with a bunch of people that I enjoy having a good time with. If that wasn't present, I'm going to say as much as I like a lot of 360 games that are exclusive, I probably wouldn't have one, especially now that I'm on my third one. I probably would have said, fuck it by now. I'm still on my launch PS3, and that shit's going strong. So really it's, it's the whole community aspect that keeps me coming back. It's pretty much the only thing that keeps me coming back. But, I mean, the waiting game is not easy for it's How easy it is to play depends on who you are. I have another console. I have two other consoles to play, so I have something else I can do. Ant has two other consoles to play. He could do something. Take somebody like Strider, if, if his 360 Red Rings, He's got nothing else. If he has the option to get that shit fixed free, he's doing that as soon as possible. So it's not even going to be an option for him to wait for the bigger hard drive unless it's coming out the next day. There you go. I honestly don't think that Microsoft's going to keep the the whole, we're not making the hard drive separately. I think that they're going to go with it. They're just trying to keep it secret for now because that doesn't make any lot. I'm still sitting here thinking about how it makes sense. It doesn't, right? Yeah, it doesn't. So I really don't think that that's going to stay that way. They'll probably wait until November and then tell us holiday season. You can now get the the of the hard drive for two ninety nine and blah 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 and bullshit. You know what would be great if Microsoft just said, you know, what we're going to do and surprise everybody in November. We're just going to release an enclosure that you can attach to your three hundred and sixty. And you know what? Fuck you guys. Put your own hard drive. Well, I guarantee you that that shit would move faster than any other peripheral they put out. But, you know, of course not. Of course not. But in, in, in keeping with the tone of Microsoft just, you know, fucking giving it to you with no lube, it gets better because I didn't even get into this nugget. If you were one of the few people that went and got the Microsoft Wi-Fi adapter and paid the 100 bucks for it, guess okay. what? Microsoft's putting out a new one. They're going to put out a new one. That's going to have, I believe it's wireless N, that will allow you to access HD content from the Zoom store. Ooh, so, the fact is, 
Yeah, it's it's on the uh, it's on the FCC's. Uh, it was listed for uh, cons- you know for review for the FCC, and they're going to release this new hard drive. I mean, this new um, wireless network device. Now, you can pretty much make a lot of systems and a lot of things wireless for a fraction of the hundred bucks that they want it, that they insist on charging for this shit. Do you think it's fair that they're probably going to put out? the same thing with wireless N and charge people a hundred bucks all over again? Or do you guys think that they should really pull the trigger and bring that shit to a realistic price point? Well, let's, let's be more realistic then. It's not going to be a hundred bucks because the wireless G adapter right now is a hundred bucks. It'll probably be 150 to 200. And not only that, you also have to have a wireless and uh, wireless router, which, which most people don't have because it's, it's really a new technology. It's only been out like what, six months or so. So like no, no one really has that kind of kind of. And the current wireless adapter isn't even G. Well, hold on one, hold that thought because we got another call. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello. You. There he is. What's up, dude? What do you got? Nothing much, man. Nothing, nothing really. I mean, like I've just been, you know, chilling, trying to catch on to the, you know, uh, the webcast. I've been getting a lot of phone calls tonight, and I missed a lot. You guys talked about, especially like you know that whole MMA section, everything with Fight Night, uh, the premiere of you know the Ultimate Fighter uh, Heavyweight, which I thought was sad and funny at the same time. Of um, course. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're in, still in the game section, but I, I you know, I just want to toss out there, I'm playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 for the PS3. I'm like nine to ten hours in. Um, you know. Make it really short. I'm just saying, just rent it. Don't don't even bother buying it. <laughs> <laughs> is it, well, is damn. it at least in the first game? Well, I mean, the, the, it, the thing is that like the first game was more in depth. You know, like a lot of characters, they they all had their independent bonuses. Um, you can, I remember distinctly, like you can gather equipment for each of the heroes. Um, I mean. The first one was done, I, f- I forgot who the production team is, Ravensoft, I think. I think it was Ravensoft because I'm still playing the first one a little bit. Yeah, now, you know, the second one, they switched up dev teams. They got Vicarious, Vindictive, Vengeance, Visions, whatever, um, to do it. And, I mean, they got rid of all the in-depth stuff. I mean, the first game, you can, when you're playing the game, you can unlock three you know, costumes for, you know, each of the heroes. And each costume, you know, had different attributes and whatnot. And this one, there's only one costume, and it doesn't do anything. And they, they are the oh, worst designs wonderful. I've ever seen. They are seriously the worst designs I've ever seen. You know, I mean, I mean, Gambit's alternate costume looks like uh, the villain from uh, Hellboy 2, Ray Park. <laughs> oh, God. See, see, I mean, don't even discuss it anymore because I went and fucking, like I said, I was a bad boy and went and bought it before Street Date, and I haven't played it yet. I'm going to be really tight if I fucking went through all this fucking, I'm going to be real tight going in and buying this shit before Street Date and then play it and just have it blow up in my face as a festering pile of shit. So don't spoil spoil anymore. You know, let me, uh, let me just. Here, I'll I'll, I'll leave it on a bright note. I'll, I'll leave it on a bright note. The story, of course, you know, the Civil War storyline, you know, coming from Marvel, it's an interesting take. I mean, if you haven't caught on to uh, 
you know, the the secret invasion, the secret oh, Civil wars. War is fantastic. Know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you know it's it's a great storyline, especially like when you're in the game and you're involved. Uh, what side do I do I want to choose? You know, you, it gives you that immersion of like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. You know, I mean, like, I I'm I'm a bad guy, but also a good guy. You know, it's it's all politics and point of view. Oh yeah, of course. It, it keeps the message of the storyline alive. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, we'll uh, see the what happens. Aren't, aren't aren't too bad either. They're 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 actually oh, pretty, okay. pretty damn fun. That's pretty cool. All right, so you you gave me a little something to look forward to, but now there there's that lingering doubt of disappoint of disappointment. You know, the dark side is clouding my judgment. <laughs> at least at least it doesn't have the Arcadia level, whatever it was called, arcades little. Festering oh. Crash Carnival. Oh. And that, that thing that made me really want to start the game off. Oh. And then Namor's level. Like, I didn't like Namor's stage either. Like, it it, it was okay, but it, just fighting the Kraken stuff, it just didn't it didn't seem to interest me as a Marvel fan. Because Namor's story itself, I don't oh. know anyone who, who cares about Dude. Prince Namor. Or Prince Namor. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you guys something. And anybody who's listening. I've been a Namor hater. I've been a hater of these fucking fish-talking <laughs> aqua fucks, whether it's fucking Aquaman or fucking Namor or whatever the fuck. What, whatever the fuck. It's like, what do you do? I have superpowers, and I talk to fish, and I'm Prince Namor. I have little wings on my feet, and I have a trident, and I talk to fish. It's like, fuck you. You're whack. You are whack. <laughs> And then fucking Aquaman is another one. Fucking emo fish-talking fruitcake he is. You know, it's like one issue, he's got a beard, and he's all fucking melancholy because the Black Manta killed his wife and his kid and shit. And then three issues later, he's all clean-shaven, loving life, fucking swimming with dolphins. It's like, make up your fucking mind. He's, oh, just these, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's just the fact that they decide to make these guys you know, and, I, you know, Namor to counter Aquaman and shit like that. I just think that the whole I talk to fish, but I also have superpowers fucking blows chunks. It does. Do the gay it's fish song. Oh, boy. But, you know, I knew, I knew, I knew fish sticks were going to get mentioned and Kanye West being a gay fish. I knew all that was going to be mentioned. But the fact is that every time and, and you know, the 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 name the fact that there was a level dedicated to fucking that fished winged footed fuckface annoyed me in Ultimate Alliance. I'm like, really? I gotta walk around. You're right. You're right. You, you, I know you're really mad at Aquaman, and I'm gonna let you finish. But Kanye West is the greatest gay fish of all time. I'm just saying. Oh you know. shit! <laughs> oh my god! I can't even believe I fucking got caught up in that. And, Fuck you guys. I should hang up on you fucking shit. All right. Ugh, fuck fucking Kanye West and the fish fuck. Fuck him. Anyway, moving on. Uh, of course, we wouldn't talk gaming news without remakes. Of course, Interplay, who is going to be bringing back Earthworm Jim, has decided that they're going to do a remake of that wonderful gem, uh, that wonderful gem which is Clay Fighter which is yes. going to be coming out on WiiWare and DSiWare in summer of oh, 2010. Yeah. I, feel like I'm I want them to remake 63 the third because I love that bullshit. 
It's fucking Clay Fighter. Clay Fighter is really game of all time. What the fuck, man? I can have just as much fun fighting with Gumby. What the fuck? That's the point. Of all the shit with like Gumby in there. Dude, of all the shit you could bring back, of all the great games you could bring back, you bring back fucking Clay Fighter? Let me tell you, if that game even sold 50 copies, it, it'll be a fucking miracle. Really? That was during the, the, the era of let's turn everything into a fighting game. Ninja Turtles fighting game. Soccer Mom fighting game. Fucking fighting with, with a kid on skates fighting game. Everything was a fucking fighting game during that era. You know, you had Eternal Champions. You had Turtles Tournament Fighters. You had fucking Clay Fighter. You had uh, Time Killers. Just... You had a, f- a couple of good games in there, but the rest were just bags of shit. It's like, it's why like, would I want to use a giant snowman to pummel a giant clay eyeball? Realistically, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to drop, you know, probably 20 bucks to use a clay snowman? Are you Dude, fucking serious? Why? I'll tell you why. Because oh, here a we character go. named motherfucking Sumo Santa, he says... Santa's gonna sit on your lap. He fucking drops on you and shoves you up his ass and fucking shits presents out of his stomach. It's the greatest fucking piece of shit ever. Dude, I guarantee you, I guarantee you they're gonna take most of that shit out. <laughs> Let me tell you though, the main reason for the game's appeal back in the day was because it was some great graphics for Super Nintendo. I mean, you got friggin', friggin' Donkey Kong Country which was a fail-ass game, but only really sold because it looked realistic as shit. Now you got Clay Fighters, which looked even more realistic because it was clay. Now, like, I don't see how they could do it now, but I, I would still buy the shit out of it just because of, just cause of nostalgic value. Right, but you know what it is? Nostalgia sometimes has to go out the window when it becomes a thing where your whole library and your pockets are empty because of fucking nostalgia. Don't get me wrong, I like fucking color forms, but that doesn't mean I'm going to fucking color form my whole house. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there, you know what I mean? There's, there's a line where there's a fine line when nostalgia fucking, you know, common sense outweighs nostalgia. It's like motherfuckers like easy bake ovens. That doesn't mean that they're gonna fucking cook meals in them now because they're fucking nostalgia. I'm gonna like go buy an easy bake oven to make and cookies. Stretch Armstrongs and vacuum forms just so I can prove you wrong. You can cook a oh, bro. Yeah, but dude, I'm gonna let me tell you something. Kill me. My light bill. Make- my light. Hold on a second. My light bill or fucking color forms and shrinky dinks? Motherfucker, I'm paying my light bill. <laughs> Fuck that retro 80s shit. You know, it has its place, but let's be real here. Really? Really with the fucking old shit that is being passed off as new shit, which leads me into the next thing, which is Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth, where they're going to remake the classic Game Boy game, which is going to come out on WiiWare sometime this month or next month. So... Once again, not only do we remake old shit, but we repaint old shit to make it look new and charge people a nice chunk of change for it. We don't All even right. remake Go good old shit because nope. because um you got Rare who fucking got bought by Microsoft and they remake everything except the one thing they should remake. Let's remake Perfect Darkness and make it shit. Let's remake fucking Banjo-Kazooie, which was great when we were, like, fucking 10 to 15. Now that we're, like, fucking 30. Nobody wants to play that shit. Why don't you fucking remake Killer Instinct and put some new characters in that bitch? Or Rise of the Robots. I think, kill- I think Killer Instinct, or fucking- wow, Rise of the Robots was fucking crazy. 
I forgot about but Jet that game. Force Gemini, which was a the fucking game it. with like cute little fuzzy pandas getting shot to death. Well, you yeah, know what it was, is? Okay, I can't say it was great. Those, those Jet games, Force Gemini and, was and fucking great. Thing. I think that Killer Instinct, and here's what's gonna happen. Um, I, I, we've definitely not seen the last of Killer Instinct, but I think that that's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be like the ace in the hole, where they're just gonna, where there's just gonna be a drought of fighting games, and they're just gonna go, hey, you guys, guess what? Final Rage comes out. This month. Yeah, but well, Final Rage was, was okay. It was Final okay. Rage was a hot bucket of shit. If you play, if you want to play Tom Rage, you might as well fucking put in Pit Fighter, aka Shit Fighter. <laughs> nice, because it was a well, you know what? shit. <laughs> you know what though? I, the one game that I was always a fan of it was a um, it was a fighting game with robots. I played it on the Genesis, and you can interchange the arms and and weapons of the robots. So it oh, wasn't sure. Rise of the Robots though. Metal Warrior. I know what you're talking about. It was like a side scrolling. It was like 2D sprites and and you can jump like, out of the vehicle with your little jet pack around. No, no, no. Metal you, it's not. It's not Metal Warrior. It's uh, fuck. You like you can put like the chainsaw hand, and it was cool because you can fight another robot and rip off his hand and use it. I remember that vaguely. Was that a fighting game? I, I thought that was like a yeah. It was a fighting game. It had side scrolling parts. It had side scrolling parts, but there was one on one fights as well that you could do. That game was uh, actually really innovative at its time. Like I remember having the buzzsaw hand and chopping off somebody's fucking hand and shit. I always thought that shit was cool. Shit, if we knew the name of the game, we'd be able to go back and play it. Because I remember that. I kind of remember that. I never played it myself, but I remember seeing videos for it. I don't think it was Robot Wars, but it, it was some shit. I'm going to have to fucking dig in the crates for the uh, for the, my, the Genesis listing. But um, to close out the gaming news, a uh, little Shadow Complex news. Uh, it seems that people are out there cheating on Shadow Complex. They're, uh, you know, doctoring up their, their shaving time off the completions, and they're also adding to their kill count, which has led the guys that made the game to complain to Microsoft. And what Microsoft planned on doing is anyone who's found playing, you know, uh, skewing their stats, will be instantly removed from the leaderboards, and depending on the results from Microsoft's inspections, their entire gamer score will be reset. Yes. How crazy is that? Fuck them. That's a big fucking extreme. It's extreme, but it's good judge. It's good punishment. You think, so huh? For a fucking, yeah, uh, what is it, twelve or fifteen dollar game, you're gonna reset somebody's fucking thirty thousand gamer school? Yeah, Fuck you. You have achievements and stuff for for the kills and completion time, though. So you get more achievements and you raise your gamer score that way. Dude, just let everybody like freaking boost their boost their game score by getting achievements as easy as they possibly can. Everybody's done it. Yeah, but I guess, but you know what it is? There's a difference between achievement whoring in the sense that you'll play every piece of shit game that comes across your lap to up your gamer score versus playing one game and fucking skewing it to the point where you can just fucking run run the gamut on the on the gamer score. You know, I think that in in theory the punishment should fit the crime. I think that 
any any additional score that was added to their gamer score from Shadow Complex should be erased. I think that the achievements from other games that people have bought and paid for or rented or whatever or borrowed, you know, they really shouldn't have to suffer for the fact that they fucking, you know, they got that somebody decided to try and play slick. No pun intended, of course. The fact that's is what that I mean, take away the fucking shadow complex points. If anybody should be fucking punished, it's Microsoft for letting games like that even come out where you can do shit like that. Cause you want to let's take a classic game where you really should punish Microsoft. Fucking Avatar. I can sit in a fucking corner and press the button for twenty seconds and get a one thousand gamer score for a fifty hit fucking combo. And if anybody doubts that, look on fucking on a, any Microsoft game where somebody has Avatar and look at their gamer score. I guarantee you they have a thousand on that shit. Yeah, and there's even videos on YouTube. I think it's like two minutes and thirty four seconds long. Just someone getting a thousand gamer score just just by playing Avatar. Well, you know, it's sad that it's come to that. I think that the achievement whoring in respect to that to, to games as a whole. See, the problem is that you know, I have no issue playing games that I genuinely like, and if I if I up my gamer score, fine. If I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, there are games that I've finished, and I don't go back and get every fucking thing because I just wanted the satisfaction of beating the game. And I don't I don't feel that it's justified that if you got you know a four hundred and forty five thousand gamer score and you fucking upped your score, let's say twenty five points or fifty points, you know, by doing a little underhanded shit at Shadow Complex, that the whole shit should be wiped. I think that's extreme on one end, but justified on the other, because they're really just trying to... I think they're just trying to wag their dicks around and show that they're not playing, which is fine. I have no issue with that. But I just think that when your score is that fucking high, it's like, why are you cheating anyway? So it's like, you're an asshole for cheating, so you should be punished. It's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy. It's weird looking at it that way, you know? I don't know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Like the only kind of real severe punishment I think is, is justifiable and always is like completely banning someone's console for, for hacking the online or something like that, like they they were doing for Halo 2 or 3 for a while. Like they were banning people's, people's usernames, and I think they were actually breaking consoles at one point, but I think that, that, might, that might have been a rumor. Well, I know, I know that they, they were. should make the punishment. Anybody yeah, caught you. cheating should be forced to fucking play wet twice with no gamer score at all. No here gamer I, points awarded. And here I thought that we were going to escape the gaming seg- section without a wet reference. <laughs> obviously, obviously we got wet. <laughs> Absolutely. Yuck, yuck, yuck. yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> but that's going to actually close out the gamer section of the program. I want to thank you guys for contributing to that. Uh, we're going to get into the movies. Uh, first off, of course, wouldn't be wouldn't be a movie segment without talk of sequels, and of course uh, sequels and of course additions. In this case, uh, X Men First Class and the Deadpool movie. It seems that the producer of X Men got to give out a couple of nuggets of information to IGN. She said that uh, X Men First Class would be an origin story about the early days of classic X Men characters. Uh, she named Cyclops, Iceman, and Beast. Uh, she was also saying that there might also be newer characters that may be introduced. She said it's the X-Men's first class, and she left the door open saying that, you know, characters like Storm or Iceman may get spin-off films. Now, off the oh. offhand, yeah, exactly. Off the top of my head, no one wants to see a Storm movie. 
Look, I make clouds. Look, I make it rain. I make it rain, too, by throwing 20s out. But, you know, you don't see a movie about me doing that. Like, you know, who gives a shit? Or Iceman. Look, I can make a popsicle with my finger. Another guy. He's, he's cool in theory, but, you know, he, 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 he kind of teeters on Aquaman fucking Namor territory. Um, the only way an Iceman movie can be cool is if they use the Iceman from Age of Apocalypse, the Iceman who's been broken apart so many fucking times that he can't make a human form anymore. He's just a fucking a gaseous oh, cloud. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And he's insane. Well, that would be That's the only way an Iceman movie can be cool. It would have to be rated R, and Iceman would have to be utterly insane. Well, you're gonna, you guys are going to love this, of course. If any of you guys got the opportunity to see the Wolverine Origins movie... I'm more than sure you saw Ryan Reynolds' portrayal as Deadpool in the beginning of the movie, which followed very closely to how he was in the comics. Now, how the movie ended, you know, I'm not going to spoil it for most people, but Deadpool at the end of the movie didn't resemble anything like the comics. As was a hot bag of dicks. Okay, we could, we, could, we could go with that. But <laughs> the way I see it is that she, uh, she took the opportunity to discuss Deadpool, and she said that, and here, you, you guys are going to love this. She goes, as for Deadpool, she said the film will likely reboot the character from how he was portrayed in X-Men Origins. We'd kind of reboot it and make the Deadpool that's in the comics. She did say, though, that Ryan Reynolds would be back to play the role. Yes, he would return for it. I'd like to see Deadpool, so we'll see where we're moving forward on that. I'm hoping to make a movie out of Deadpool sooner rather than later. Now, already... I'm, I'm annoyed in the sense that you introduced the character in Wolverine. Sure, shit got a little fucked up, you know, in terms of them taking some liberties with the character. But the overall presentation of the character when the movie was over was pretty close to the comics. Now, we're going to reboot a character who's basically just been introduced to make him more in tune with the comics. Shouldn't you motherfuckers have done that in the beginning? I don't get what's with all the rebooting. Like, there's a lot of movies going out there that they're just going to reboot, like the whole Tomb Raider series. Yep, rebooting. I think Fox has got to be yeah, new. Huh? Fantastic Four, rebooting. It's like, it's yeah. like, yo, man, what, what about the shit y'all put out there? Why don't you work on improving that shit, you know? It's like, Fantastic it can be Four gar- rebooting in these reboots. It's like, dude, garbage is garbage, and even if you spray air freshener on it, it's still garbage. So if you put out a shit movie, you know, if you put out a shit movie, it's still going to be a shit movie. But don't mask it with the theory of we're going to reboot it and make it better. How about acknowledging that the movie was shit and we're going to make a new one? That's it. It's like, all right, we weren't happy with Deadpool and Wolverine. But guess what? When Deadpool gets his own movie, we'll, you know... Add to the Wolverine, you know, mythology, and we'll clean him up. You know, but don't just reboot the shit, because guess what? The Deadpool that was in Wolverine isn't going to be acknowledged. It's going to be worthless. It's like, oh, yeah, here's this character. He was cool, but uh, you, you know what? Forget about him, you know? Uh, put it like this. Oh, yeah, you know, the Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverines was, was cool, but this new Deadpool, he's a lot better. You know, it's just bullshit. <laughs> It's I'm going to do it again. <laughs> it, exactly. It's bullshit. It's total what? bullshit. You, you, got, you got movies coming out talking about origins and whatnot while, you know, they should be focusing on what's going on now. Like uh, early yep. 2010, I know they're coming out with uh, World War Hulk. I don't know if you follow yep. that uh, series. Yeah, it's coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, like, why, why, 
why shouldn't they start focusing on like the big things that are happening now? I mean, they, I know they still have to introduce characters, but you know, they shouldn't introduce characters based on, you know, I guess like hype, you know, they should set it up for something kind of like how they're doing with the Avengers, but it just seems like after the Avengers, that's it. They should just, you know, they should think a step beyond Avengers and see what else they can, you know, continue on with what they have. Well, that's the problem. You know, the, these guys, go ahead, man, finish your thoughts. No, I, I was going to say, you know, I mean, they, they should just, you know, I mean, like Deadpool, yeah, he's a hell of a character, you know, I mean, like his his crazy psychotic quips and stuff like that, yeah, I mean, I, I love the dude, but I mean, like, they should focus more on just, like, building, like, a bigger and bigger, you know, snowballing it, snowballing a huge-ass storyline, like, Marvel storyline. Well, that was the thing that's always bothered me about Marvel movies, which I, I feel that it's a step in the right direction recently. It's every character's in the same universe. I never like the fact that they don't acknowledge other characters. I like the fact that Iron Man and the Hulk, you know, they got the ball rolling with existing in the same universe. It's like I've always said, you know, why can't Tony Stark be looking at a monitor and see news footage and show a clip from X-Men the movie? You know, it adds continuity. You don't have to put the characters in there, but it adds continuity in the sense that it lets each character be aware of other characters. And on top of that, it, it opens up more story possibilities. Because look at it this way. Say you do that and you put, you know, news footage of the X-Men, you know, like a scene from X-Men 2 or some scenes from X-Men 3 on the news, or you make Nick Fury reference it. And then down the road, you do the Avengers movie and you go, you know what? Let's, let's do a different version of the Avengers. Let's do the version of the Avengers with Wolverine in it. You know, then guess what? You know, you, you, set that, you set that up by, you know, making mention of these characters so people won't be like, yo, why the fuck is Wolverine in this movie? They could be like, oh, yeah, he was in the, you know, like shit like that. Same thing with Spider-Man. You know, same thing with the Punisher. I don't like the fact, especially with Spider-Man in particular. Spider-Man takes place in New York. Daredevil takes place in New York. The Punisher takes place in New York. What, there's 19 different versions of New York? Why can't one acknowledge the other? I mean, you can even make the Daily Bugle put out a morning paper talking about Vigilante with Skull T-shirt goes on shooting rampage. You don't even have to physically need an actor to play the role. But just the acknowledgement of the other movies, you know, adds continuity. You know, it, 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 to me, that, you know, would make movies better. At least with when you know in in regards to Marvel. Absolutely nothing to say to that. Is it because you're eating, or is it because you generally have nothing to say? I generally agree, and I am eating, so yeah. There you go. You know it's 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 ridiculous, but it gets better. They also uh, the producer took the opportunity to talk about the sequel for X Men Origins Wolverine. And she said that they're going to go uh, with Wolverine, of course, being in Japan. And they're going to follow that, that storyline. Now, of course, the problem with Wolverine in Japan, while it is a fantastic story, the lack of a really good bad guy. I mean, yeah, you could throw Silver Samurai in there. You could throw The Hand. You could throw Lady Deathstrike. You know, but those aren't real bad guys that will make you go, yo, I want to see this for this bad guy. Like, you know, you watch X-Men Origins, you're like, wow, I get to see Deadpool. I get to see, you know, a couple of different characters. And I get, you know, you get to see Gambit. But there's no, there's no character that jumps out in the Japanese storyline that's going to make people really be excited for this movie. I mean, Silver Samurai, while he's a great character, 
he's not the coolest fucking character ever. He's like, oh yeah, I got a, a silver samurai costume. It's like, you know, <laughs> whoop the whoop the fucking do, you know? Yeah, Iron Man too. Like, like, well, not not Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man two. Who are they gonna have in Iron Man two besides like the Mandarin or Thing Fang Foom? How would they do Thing Fang Foom in in a movie that's semi-realistic? Well, in, in, Iron in a Man movie... two or Incredible Hulk two. All I want to see is fucking Tony Stark at the end getting peeled out of his fucking suit like a tin can by Red Hulk. That'll make the whole movie worth watching. Or just well, even see, the Hulkbuster armor would be nice. Well, yeah, the Hulkbuster armor, see, that, that's, a, that's a good little way right there. And, and you touched on it, which is interesting. You can acknowledge the Hulk, not only with the, you know, the end of the Hulk movie acknowledged Iron Man, but that would be a great acknowledgement at the end of Iron Man 2. He walks into a closet. And, you know, you get a call from Nick Fury, and it's like, dude, you know, we have a, something that you, we're going to need your assistance on. And it just shows the whole, a green hand crushing a camera. And then he goes, oh, guess I need to suit up. And he'll walk into a closet, and they'll have this big-ass armor he'll throw on. That'll, that'll be, be a great up, setup. That'll be the most uproarious applause you'd ever hear in, in, a, in an action movie for, for Marvel. Exactly. You know, you need that type of a setup. It, you know, I, I think that while the formula is partially right, you know, with the acknowledgement of, you know, most of the Avenger of the core Avengers characters, I think that it should extend across all the other properties. You know, there's an Easter egg if you watch Spider-Man 2 where Mary Jane is running in the wedding dress through Central Park to Peter Parker's house and you see Thomas Jane who dressed as the Punisher. Now, you know, it it's it's not 100% confirmed, you know, like they're like, "Oh, he's not fully in costume." But he looks like he looked in The Punisher with the trench coat and everything. So, you know, there's little Easter eggs like that which are cool, but it's like, you know, they're not acknowledging them either. Like, if you watch a deleted scene in The Incredible Hulk, when he goes to commit suicide, there's an avalanche. And if you pay close attention, you actually kind of see Captain America frozen in the ice. You know, or Captain America's shield on Tony Stark's desk you know, on Tony Stark's workstation in Iron Man. You know, the acknowledgments are there, but just, you know, the delivery, the follow-through is what's fucking it up, you know? Like, the only real major acknowledgment I could, I could even say that I remember is in in, a, in the New Hulk movie where they, um, where, what's his name? The Abomination was made through the Super, super Soldiers here or soldier whatever. Soldier yep. Yeah, so that's like, the only acknowledgment to Captain America I can think of that was, that was direct acknowledgment. Well, the, the shield being on his workstation also was the other one. Yes. And um, if you, right. I actually just remember now, in the original X-Men, um, there's a deleted scene where Spider-Man walks in when they when they go into the Statue of Liberty. That was kind of like a nod towards, yeah, we're making a Spider-Man movie, too. Of course. It's, it's you know, it's fucking, it's all, it's all relative to improving the product. I just feel that they need to, they definitely need to work on it a little bit more. But um, let me just go through the rest of these movie news because we got to do the letter bag. Uh, the box office totals for this week, number one this weekend, well, this past weekend, was Tyler Perry's I Can Do Bad All By Myself. Oh, it was number one. It earned $24 million, and it had the highest per theater average of any of the top ten movies for that weekend, making $10,656 per theater. Tyler Perry, before I go through the rest of the list, Tyler Perry is a fucking genius. Because all these movies he's done have already been out as plays. And then he just goes and throws them on the big screen and just rakes in the fucking money. 
you know, be, be it what it may, and him dressing in drag or whatever, it, it, and his bullshit, the motherfucker's a genius. Because that's ridiculous. It really is. It's, it, it, it amazes me. And the best part is that people just flock right on in. Oh, no, it's another Tyler Perry movie. You know, how much more shit can happen to Medea? Are you going to do Medea in the hood? Are you going to do Medea in space? Like, what the fuck else can you do with this character? Really, now? It, it, you know, the, guy, the guy's got a fucking gold mine. But um, Nine came in at number two with $10.8 million. It's earned uh, 15.2 since opening on Wednesday. And Glorious Bastards jumped back up. Uh, it, well, it fell to number three, but I, it, it's my first time seeing it in the top ten again. Uh, it earned $6.5 million to raise its gross to 104 point three million dollars the film had a 70 million dollar budget nice amount of uh profit there for uh mr tarantino all what about the Steve. budget what the was budget the was seven million Medea, no on the bullshit Medea movie oh they didn't even post it but i'm more than sure it wasn't much it's like yo it, let me tell you something any tyler para movie has the obligatory black cast that's always going to have work morris chestnut gabrielle union boris kojo etc etc. Those fucking people always got jobs. Oh, yeah, we're going to throw Mary J. Blige in this one. Thanks. You know, how much are you really paying her that, that she doesn't already make with music? It's like the salaries I'm more than sure for that movie are negligible compared to how much fucking money they're pocketing every time one of these movies comes out. But uh, the train wreck uh, All About Steve fell to number four this week. Hopefully it'll fall completely off the list. Uh, it earned $5.8 million to raise the gross to 21.8. I honestly hope that movie just flies off the list in a festering pile of shit. Uh, the final, the final destination fell four spots to number five in its third weekend. It made $5.5 million. It's made 58.2 million. The movie had a $40 million budget. So little profit right there. Sorority Row, which is a fucking train wreck debuted at number six with 5.2 white out debuted at number seven probably because half of the people didn't know what the fuck they were watching and it made 5.1 district nine dropped three spots to eight it earned 3.6 million dollars it's made 108.5 and the film had a budget of 30 million dollars so that's all straight profit right there uh julia and julia dropped two spots to number nine and Gamer fell six spots. Wow, what a fucking tumble. In its second weekend, it earned $3.1 million to raise its total gross to $16.1 million. Yeah, you know, I don't want to shit on Gamer. I don't want to shit on Gamer, but it's ridiculous that, you know, it bugs me that, you know, a movie like that, like Gamer, you know, I had a pretty decent cast. You know, you had the guy from uh, Dexter, you know, even Ludacris, whatever. You know, not a, a name actor, but you know, you got a, you got a couple of good guys. You had some talent, and the, and the plot seemed, for all intents and purposes, semi-original. You know, a kind of a cross between The Running Man and Tron, but you know, in terms of the virtual world and shit. But I think that it was just, you know, one of those things where the leading man just didn't capture people. You know, it was like, all right, yeah, you can control this guy, but do we really give a shit? No, <laughs> you know, nobody really gave a shit. <laughs> Because honestly, when you saw the trailer for Gamer, did it in any shape or form make you want to call in? No. No, did it make you want to go and say, 
fuck, I want to go buy tickets for this shit. The only real, real interesting thing about it, to me anyway, was just, I don't know, the action special effects something, but then I, I noticed that the special effects looked just like dirt flying everywhere and cameras shaking. So that might be part of the reason why people aren't seeing it, because it doesn't seem new. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till it comes out for rental and give it a shot. But I don't wanna I don't wanna fucking put a hole in it, saying it's utter shit because the concept looked, uh, you know, it looked original enough to get my attention. You know, a lot of people used to say that about Equilibrium till I watched it, and Equilibrium was a fucking fantastic movie. You know, there's but a lot of, once again, niche market. You know, what's interesting? You know there's, there's a lot of movies out coming out like soon and have been coming out lately that it's just basically the same idea. Like like you can control someone else using this this machine that hacks into your your brain. It's done in the Matrix. It's going to, it's going to be done in surrogates. It's going to be it's done in Gamer. It's, it's, it's an idea that's pretty much getting driven down now. It's like it's a new stick. So I don't know. You know, let, well, let me add on to that. Ahead, like, like what, what I find interesting when I first saw Gamer was I totally thought it was this other movie because it had the same concept. You know, it dealt more of like the fighting genre than it was, you know, like a FPS. Where, you know, like, you have this player, he goes into the arcade, and it's kind of like a virtual reality simulator where, you know, okay. he's a, he's the actual fighter in the game, right? But, you know, the only way that you're better at the game is if you yourself are a good fighter. You, hmm. you yeah, know what, I'm what was that movie called? I can't remember it. I, I don't know, but he he goes he and, like... Something? Like, like, there was, like, this, like, old champion, like, he used to play the game, like, he was, like, a world champion... And this guy comes up, he's like, dude, I know who you are. I want to be better, you know, I want to be a better fighter. It turns out to be kind of like a Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, uh, kickboxer, you know, storyline. You're kind of cliche. But I, it, it was an interesting concept, you know. I just want to toss that in there in relation to the gamer movie. Well, and, uh, we, um... I'm just going to blast through the rest of these news because I want to do the letter bag and give somebody a fucking prize this week. Uh, Bruce Campbell recently told Access Hollywood uh, during the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs premiere that he will be in Spider-Man 4, which will begin shooting in January, and he will have a larger role. He has made, you know, Bruce Campbell's made cameos in the first three Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man 4 is scheduled to open May 6, 2011. Now, Bruce... Say who? Let him be Quentin... Quentin. I yeah, I think it. I think he might play Mysterio. You know, that's the big thing, but we'll see what happens. Um, of course, last week I raged incoherently at the Lobo movie, and it <laughs> seems that Jeffrey, D- Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played the comedian in Watchmen, is interested in playing Lobo. He says, uh, yeah, I think he told Superhero Hype, they're making Lobo right now. That would be cool. Lobo would be a very cool movie for me to do. I don't think that I'm as big as Lobo is, but if you could, like, transplant Mickey Rourke's body on my head, it would be just great. You're always looking for material that's kind of smart and fun, and this seems to be where it is right now. I don't know about all that, dude. Somebody fucking give him some crack. You know the studio? Say what? He's going to be the Topher Grace for Lobo. He's going to be the small, lanky version of what Venom should have been, only as Lobo. Well, you know, it's funny because Joel Silver, who was the producer, said that, uh, you know, he he definitely wants to look into this guy's interest. I mean, 
you know, Lobo's a huge dude. It takes a, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jeffrey D. Morgan as the comedian in Watchmen had great, great screen presence. You know, he had great comedic timing. He had a good sense for that dark, dark comedy that definitely would fit in the Lobo universe. The only thing is that Lobo's also about presentation. He's a fucking scary dude. So definitely, and, you know, you, may, you make, once again, a little valid point in the sense of, you know, he definitely is leaning towards the Topher Grace of uh, Lobo, definitely. But uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, you know, it's one of those things where it could go really, really good or really, really bad. But we'll see what the fuck happens over the next few weeks. Uh, to close out some of the movie news, uh, they're going to do, of course, a sequel to Silent Hill, the wonderful Yay. 2006 movie based on the fucking game. Uh, the movie made $47 million domestically, and supposedly they're going to do the sequel next year after they finish with Resident Evil 4. Yay. I thought the Silent Hill movie was pretty good. It, it was interesting, to say the least. I wouldn't say it was a fucking a fucking masterpiece, but, it, you know, it conveyed the overall, you know, Silent Hill fucking mentality. But, uh... I think it did not need a sequel. And oh, the no, fucking well, roaches with faces creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, the, the roaches with faces was definitely interesting. But, to close out our movie news for this week, the wonderful, 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 rage-worthy movie that I'm going to announce is going to make everybody just cringe in utter horror. It seems that they're going to do, according to Variety, uh, director Peter Berg, who did Hancock, is going to do a big screen adaptation of Battleship, as in Battleship the Game. Uh, I said that. Let me wash my fucking eyes out with Zombieland. So, you know, Berg uh, actually did a little statement, and he said that the film is being written... The Battleship movie is being written by the guy who did Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Wow. So, with that in mind, with that in mind, it gets better, it gets better. He says uh, Steve Oderkirk is going to be scripting it, and it will be a contemporary story of an international five-ship fleet engaged in a very dynamic a violent and intense battle. Translation. Utter flaming dog shit. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's about as dynamic as watching snails fuck. Alright? Yeah. Who's going to see this shit? It's right up there with the movie they're going to do about Candyland. Why? Why would you do it? Why and the Viewmaster movie? Why would you do this shit? And oh, and Ashton will be okay. great for the acid the acid audience. Yeah, but you're gonna have to do fucking. It's gonna have to be some shit like put it like this: like Johnny Depp has to be in the Candyland movie for it to be anywhere near cool. Period. Johnny <laughs> Depp. They're making the Pirates of the Caribbean four. Yes, I actually glanced over, because I had that in my notes to discuss, but all they said was, you know, ooh, the title's going to be Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. How about Pirates of the Caribbean raping Jack Sparrow's dead body? It's like, really? Do, do we really give a fuck about this movie that much? Yeah, it makes a shitload of money, but honestly, 
I think after the third one, I was fucking Jack Sparrowed out. It's like, all right, all right, we get it, we get it. You're a pirate, and you talk with your little accent, and blah, 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 and I'm like Keith Richards, and blah. All right, we get it. We fucking get it. You're a pirate. Thanks. Nobody cares anymore. I'm done with fucking pirates. Move the fuck on. Same thing with Harry Potter. Just get to the last book with fucking Voldemort and be done. Seriously. <laughs> fucking horse shit. But, um... All those done movies in general. Oh, yeah, it's all a fucking train wreck, dude. It is a train wreck. But let's get in to this week's letter bag. Last week, I, it was, I went with a two-pronged question, which was, number one, to list your top five favorite fighters, and number two, the second question was, which of the new motion control technology looks uh, the most appealing? Um, first off, that I have you guys on, uh, we'll start with Ant. Ant actually, of course, you know, he said out of the uh, PF3 360, what he was most interested in getting, and Ant's response was the following. Looking at the PF3's wand technology using the PSI and then looking at the 360's Natal, which only requires a newer Natal-enabled camera, I think I like the Natal better. I'd rather, I'd rather like my motion control to be hands-free. I don't want to have another system making me wave around a dildo. Nice. <laughs> you look at the tech demos for the PS3 wand, and they show how it can be used as a lightsaber and a sword and a tennis racket and other stuff. I think Natal could do the same thing just by recognizing your dominant hand and telling you to make a fist. And once you do that, it can easily digitize any object into your on-screen hand so you can simulate holding something instead of really holding a wand and having the PSI turn the video image into a big floppy dildo. Nice, Ant. Ant just wants to jerk off while he plays games. You can just clench your fist and hold a digital dildo. I like, that, I like that better because I don't have to have another piece of hardware to worry about breaking or losing. Besides, I don't have a PSI. So me personally, I'd have to buy one and a one. So I'd be paying more for two pieces of hardware. Also, the Natal, you use your whole body instead of just the one, and you're allowed to do so much more. I think the 360 wins this one. Sony's going the Wii route while Microsoft is doing something no console has done. All right. And Ant brings up a couple of valid points. I think one of the things is that people, um, you know, they always want to fucking hold something in their hands. You're, you know, there's, there's going to be a joke about, you know, oh, I'm holding a dildo in my hand or blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, you know, sometimes the hardware you know, the interaction with the hardware is going to be more interesting than fucking standing in front of a camera because gamers have self-esteem issues, at least most of them. Uh, both of them have you slick? stand in front of a camera. What was that? Both of them have you stand in front of a camera, though. Yeah, you're right. But you know what it is? I think that with the Wii, it, it made the motion controller, you know, more appealing to a wider audience. The whole camera thing, while it is cool, there's definitely a margin for error, you know, dependent on lighting and interference from other devices. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Slick's email, he put, to be honest, I was not impressed by either of their new motion technologies because, to put it plain and simple, neither has shown it, neither has shown it working with a real game as of yet. I will make a decision once that happens. However, I will say that Natal probably has the greater potential, but I will reserve judgment until I see more of them both. Uh, can I answer that? What's that? Go ahead. 
since I've written that, I saw the video for that game, Milo. Okay. And now I'm really, really not impressed with Natal because they showed that video of the chick talking to Milo, and I was like, yawn, because supposedly this was a completely unscripted interaction presented for E3, but they had a fucking video of it. I'm like, if you really wanted to make me believe that Milo was a really a, a true working system, how about bring this chick out on stage, bring a fucking 52-inch screen of bigger, and have her fucking talk to Milo right there. No, you played a fucking video. Milo is bullshit. Well, that's the that shit way. was 100% scripted. Milo had fucking pre-recorded animations and voice voice acting, and she had a fucking script on how to fucking talk to Milo and how he would respond. End of fucking story. Well, you know, it's one of those things where they're going to feed you lots of video like they did with Resistance and they did with some of the other, you know, with some of their other marquee titles. Video, you know, videos and previews are just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. And sometimes they'll either under-deliver or under-deliver and over-promise, or they may actually be accurate. I mean, I'm going to re- really reserve judgment until the shit really is out there and I can test it. They really, they really have, like, videos of that, like, actual gameplay. Like, Sugar Ray Leonard himself tried out uh, Project Gotham, which is apparently compatible uh, when Needle comes out. And you see Sugar Ray, he's just kind of standing there. You see his foot go down, and that actually accelerates, and he... I mean, he commented, I don't know if he was paid off by Microsoft or whatever. Um, he said that, you know, based on the sensitivity of him stepping down, actually changed, you know, uh, the speed he was going at in Project Gotham. He said he said it, it was damn accurate, but the one thing he didn't say was it was easy. Because when they were showing him doing the video, I mean, it looked like it was tough as shit, you know, to actually navigate, you know, using needle, but then again, it's probably like a, you know, you got to get used to it in order to, you know, perform better at it. Why in the fuck is Sugar Ray Leonard playing Project Gotham as a fucking demonstration? It doesn't well, make any it fucking sense. It was at, it was there's at the video, There's video of Robin Williams playing Spore. So why was Robin Williams playing Spore in the first place? Because he can make the monster have hairy arms just like him. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that. I mean... You know what? It's like it's like you know they wouldn't use Michael J. Fox as a fucking spokesperson because the fucking camera would fall out of his hand. <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 I am fucked up, but you know, I gotta call a spade a spade. And the fact is that celebrity fucking endorsements are a load of shit. And nine times out of ten, it's like, look, we're gonna toss you this money and say our shit is cool. You know, it's like a, a good example was when they were interviewing Shia and. Megan Fox, and they were talking about the, the, the Transformer game, the Transformers game, and she was really like, well, you know, I kind of play the Wii and blah, blah, blah. She didn't really help push the product, you know? It's like everything else, you know, you're there for a paycheck. It's like, you know, say this is cool. Here's 50 grand. All right, fuck it. I think it sucks, but you know what? For 50 grand, it's fan-fucking-tastic. It is. But, you know, with that, with that said... Uh, the last uh, email is from Hyena. He answered both questions. Uh, he said uh, his top five favorite fighters are John Jones, Lyoto Machida, uh, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, and you had Bu in there. Yeah. 
Now, uh, I've heard of him on and off, you know, through Sure Dog, but uh, that's why it's good you're on the air. You know, where where'd you see him fight? And just like off YouTube, like I was looking up like like it, it's all started with like John uh, John Jones. Like when I saw him, when I think Machida uh, did like his first appearance on a pay per view for UFC. Um, John Jones was also on the fight card. And when I saw him fight, I was like, holy cow, this guy, you know, like, he actually brought Muay Thai, like, he was doing, like, the actual stances and shit. You know, I was like, wow, this guy is pretty hardcore. And he, he won the match. He, you know, he won the match. Um, so, you know, when, you know, when I got home from, uh, from the bar, uh, I decided to do a YouTube search. And, um, you know, you know, Black Cow came out, right? And I started watching, like, you know, a couple of his fights and his highlights. The guy was just, this guy's ruthless, man. I mean, when, you know, when they go for the inside kick, I mean, when he goes for that inside kick, the guy just, he's just like, you know, shifted over. You know, like, he can't block any of that. Like, it's not like, you oh, know. He goes, he goes all in. <laughs> he goes all the way in, man. And, like, you know, you see, like, everything buckle. I mean, like, the elbows are just, like, they are, like, baseball bats, dude. Like, all right, I've never seen, like, yeah, you should. He is a young guy too. I mean, like when you look at him, he's just like, he's just like totally ripped. You know, I mean, he's skinny, but he's like straight up ripped. And when this guy practices, I mean, you know, like how uh, Anderson Silva, uh, how he knees, it's like nothing. You know, like I mean, like when oh, when, shit. when he when he gets a Muay Thai clinch and he starts kneeing, like Silva uh, starts kneeing and stuff, he makes it look easy. There's a difference between right. you know looking easy, and Bacow making it easy and just look like a huge train wreck. Look like he's putting on a fucking clinic. Yeah, exactly. Just like nice. one knee, and it's just like, yeah. You should definitely check him out. All right, I'm going to check that out after, after the show. And uh, the second part of your question is, uh, for the Natal or the uh, PlayStation 3 motion, uh, you you replied, I'm leaning more towards Natal due to innovation. PS3 motion control is what the Wii could have been if hardware had that processing power. Instead of having all those party carny shit games that we would have been releasing Elder Scrolls or Morrowind or even Fallout 3. For me, Natal is new. It's different. Only drawback is just getting used to having nothing in your hands as you play. But I'm sure you can grab a can opener if you feel the need to hold the, to feel weight. Fight Night 5 would be pretty balling with Natal. Not bad. Not a bad response. Um, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, they're both going to go and they're going to put out, you know, first-party games that are going to maximize the use of the system. You know, of, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a toss-up in terms of not the initial uh, software that's compatible, but further on down the road. You know, what else are you going to add to it to keep people interested? You know, it's like you can put out Fight Night. Fight Night would actually be a great game to showcase a system like that because of the boxing uh, dynamics. I think a UFC game would benefit. A driving game would benefit. I think even some platformers would benefit in the sense that if you're playing a platformer and you've got to jump and stuff, you jump in front of the camera and the character jumps. I think it's a step in the right direction. It's just a matter of making sure that it delivers across the board, not just a novelty act like the PlayStation Eye and the Xbox Live camera, which... You know, in in theory, they were great ideas, but in execution, they were piss poor. Well, I think that there's a there's a game out there already for the uh, Xbox Live Vision camera, and 
with Natal, they could definitely make a huge improvement over an already great game, and that's the year in the movies. They can make a year in the movies, too, and it could be the greatest game of all time. There you go. I said it. I don't want anybody else talk. All right. I'll, I'll hold you to it. I mean, year in the movies was, was okay. I mean, I saw some video of it. It looked pretty interesting, but we'll see wow. how it goes down. <laughs> as for as for this week's uh, letterback winner, uh, ironically enough, this week's winner is Ant. So, Ant, oh. you will need to send me your address, and uh, I will forward you your points. That's this week's right. winner. Congratulations. So, you know, send that shit over, and I will send you your prize, and you should have it within the next uh, week or two. Uh, as for next you, week's asshole. question... <laughs> what? <laughs> you ingrateful <laughs> <laughs> you're a schmuck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you already said, so I don't even care. It's all right. Um, next week's question. Uh, next week's question is going to be more so uh, a, a polling question, and that's more show-related in the sense that, you know, we've we've gone 10 episodes in. A lot of you are just tuning in for the first time or for the second time. Uh, based on what you've heard over the last 10 episodes, what what would you like to see changed? What would you like to see different? What would you like to see more of? Real simple. Uh, forward your response to mtrhost at gmail.com. And, of course, your question will be read on the air. And, in addition, you'll win some sort of a prize. Um, of course, gradually the prizes are hopefully going to improve. I figure that giving out points for Microsoft or Sony or for the Wii is one of those things that, it's universal, and it allows you to not get some shit you don't want, you know, because it's like if I send you a new game and it's, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you might be like, fuck, I have this game, or fuck, it sucks, like Hyena just said, and uh, <laughs> you'll, end up, you'll end up, like, getting something you don't want. So I think uh, Microsoft points are the universal equivalent of, you know what, here's some money, kid, buy whatever the fuck you want. Um, I'll let him send you a game, he'll send you his copy of what? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll send you a fucking furry handcuffs or a dildo. But, um... Stole it from PC? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 inside, no inside jokes. No inside jokes. Um, the, um, the art contest, I know a lot of you have mentioned questions about, have had questions as well as suggestions. The art contest will start hopefully in November because that'll allow me to find a really suitable prize it may be some cash it may be a game who knows depending on how well we do it might be a system who knows so the art contest will start in november uh all entries of course you know will be submitted via email and i'm going to fill out a disclaimer obviously if you win you know the prize is your payment for whatever whatever you fucking contribute so if it's just the show logo it's going to be an increment you know the the more detailed some shit is, and, you know, I'll have independent judging. It's not going to be just me. Uh, we'll dictate the prize. So depending on if my ass is broke or not, you know, whoever submits some cool-ass art will get a cool-ass prize. So that's going to be coming in November. Um, also, I mentioned last week the, you know, the, get, the guys from The Deadliest Warrior. I am still waiting to hear back from their publicist. I did respond. I was hoping to do, have them on the show October 1st. I'm still sticking to that until I hear otherwise. So 
definitely probably within the next week or so I'll have more details regarding guests. Uh, last but not least, uh, a couple of plugs, of course. Um, the music you heard at the beginning of the show was the Castlemania remix. The artist was Am I Evil, if you want to get it. Go to ocremix.org. Uh, in terms of shit for the show, uh, I actually set up the website, which I mentioned earlier. It's mytakeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, there's going to be stuff in there that won't always be covered on the show, as well as random musings that I put up throughout the week. So if you just want to see what the fuck I'm up to, or you want to read some of my rants that don't make the show, definitely check it out. You can leave comments just like you can on the Facebook fan page and contribute as you see fit. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. If you're smart and you know how to use Facebook, you'll find me. Uh, you can also find me on MySpace, uh, MySpace slash RB19AD. And, of course, on Twitter, which is where I've been hiding out lately, uh, along with Hyena and Mortis. Uh, you can follow, find me there and follow me on Twitter.com slash Akuma25. I want to thank this week's callers. Definitely want to thank Slick, Ant, and Hyena for bringing their spin on things and, of course, contributing to the show as they see fit. Uh, that's pretty much it, boys. I just, uh, that's it. Anything else you guys want to add? I just have Absolutely. One Go ahead. Yeah, uh, let, me just, let me just let this out before you get your questions. Because this is a quick, a quick comment. Everybody with a PS3, you should know that you can now order Papa John's pizza straight from your PS3 browser. All right. Way to way to con- <laughs> way to continue. Way to continue catering to the stereotype that we're fat fucks. Oh yeah, you can you can order Papa John's. Look, uh, unless you can order fucking hookers off a of Craigslist. Wait a minute, you can order hookers off of Craigslist because you can go on the web browser and go through Craigslist. All right, scratch that. Unless the fucking P- <laughs> unless the PS3 fucking can cook me dinner or some shit like that. Yeah, ordering Papa John's. Don't just let that bitch eat up and put your food on top of it. It is awful. <laughs> let me tell you something. Who the fuck did the guy from Papa John's blow to make him the, the, the provider of pizza on the PlayStation 3? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> really? Like, you know, it's like, why can't you order fucking Domino's? Or why can't you order Pizza Hut? It's like, what the fuck made Papa John's so special? Not for nothing, Papa John's pizza fucking tastes like dough. It's all, it tastes like a fucking Elio's pizza with garlic butter sauce that you fucking dip it in. It's awful. And then you can and order it on your PS3. It's fucking terrible. And this segment of Brown Rage was fueled by Black Rage. Coming to you That's every right. Thursday night, but this time on Wednesday night. Nice. <laughs> All right, Ant. I know you had something to add. It's it's ahead, not really a question. It's just a like a I don't know. Um I'll just email you too. Never mind, forget it. I was just gonna what ask about you, Hyena, you Dude, just go into it. You got like fifteen minutes left. No, yes, I was sir, gonna ask what, what kind of points what kind of points you give out for the email. What kind of what? I was gonna ask what kind of points you give out for the email because I wasn't because like Honestly, 360 doesn't have too much coming out lately, and I still want to try that Fat Princess. All right, so if you want PS3 points, you'll get a you'll get a PS3 card of some sort with a nice denomination on. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I didn't know they even made cards for PS3 yet. 
Oh, they yeah, they, they have cards. Oh shit, that's awesome! All right, thanks. Nice. So yeah, you'll get a uh, you'll get a PS3 card within the uh, next week or two. What about nice. anything left? I ain't had something to say. Did he get kidnapped? <laughs> what? You, Jeff Goldblum, are you there? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you cut off like last second. I, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> um. I mean, for me... I was going to I was gonna say, do you have anything to add? Uh, did you talk about Tokyo Game Show yet? Uh, no. I did not. I had only a little bit of information about it. Care to clue us in? What do you got? Um, no, I, I got nothing. I mean, I, I'm just like, uh, I was hoping you probably got something. But maybe possibly this week there'll be like releases, uh, you know, some new trailers and maybe some new stuff to talk about. Well, you know what's funny? I um I've been hearing a lot of buzz about Tekken Six because I follow uh one of the the Tekken guys on Twitter, and um you know sometimes and and it's terrible to say, but sometimes it seems like fucking Twitter gets the news before the the websites do. He was um he was putting up links for some of the new costumes for some of the characters, and it amused me that Tapout is actually making clothing for some of the Tekken characters in game. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, they showed uh, Brian Fury, he had a uh, tap-out T-shirt and Muay Thai shorts on, which was interesting because it's not every day you actually see a, a clothing company really, especially for fighting games. I can understand for sports games like Tony Hawk and shit like that where legitimate companies throw their name in there. But it was really interesting uh, seeing it on Tekken. And the thing that I, you know, uh, that the question I have is do you guys think that something like that you know, is going to be the norm down the road? Like, are you going to start playing Street Fighter and see Ryu wearing a pair of Nikes? Do you think that real-world apparel is going to make its way more into games now? I mean, it's weird, but it definitely seems to be leaning that way because, you know, if you go on Xbox Live for your avatar, you know, you got Adidas clothes, Quicksilver. What do you guys think? Well, What was that? I think they're also doing that for PS3 avatars. Yep, yes they are, with uh, diesel clothing, which is just as overpriced as the real clothing. <laughs> and, well, if you can play as a, as your avatar in Guitar Hero 5, then I don't see why you can't do that for, like, Space Breaker 2 if they ever make one like that, or something something new, like, like a fighting game with avatars. Well, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, a game like that, especially Guitar Hero you know, you really, you really don't pay attention to the the character playing the music. You usually just pay attention to the fucking moving board. So, you know, is that going to be one of those things where, you know, they're going to throw all this shit out and just muddy the waters? Like, it's cool that they had like '80s themed clothing for the Xbox Live avatars, but once again, it's just like, wow, I want to pay 800 points for a T-shirt. Well, same thing with PS Home. Like, do I really want to pay fifteen dollars for a couch? Fuck your couch. Fuck your couch. That's what that gets. No, it's true. It's like there's certain things that I don't understand. I like how they give you a fucking unfurnished apartment, and you have to buy all the furniture. It's like, fuck, man. I do that shit in real life. I got to buy virtual furniture too? What the fuck, man? Some of that stuff is free. Like if you actually go to the, like, the stores, they have free shirts. They have like uh, they have free, uh, what you call it, like furniture. Like, I know, like, when, uh, uh, shit, like, they made the Namco uh, arcade in the PS3 right. uh, home or whatever. 
if you actually played one of those like uh, one of those games off to the side, not the actual video game, but there's like this there was this weird ass like roulette game off to the corner. If you what? won, you actually win a uh, one of those vending machines. Like I have a vending machine like <laughs> like in my quote unquote home. That's pretty funny. I haven't gone on home in ages just because the one time I went on, I went on because I heard a I heard a rumor about uh, the free G.I. Joe costume for your avatar, and it was only for the fucking European guy, so I was fucking pissed off, and I haven't gone on since. It's it's weird, like, for, like, uh, Resident Evil 5, no, what was it? It's either Resident Evil 5 or Street Fighter 4, like, if you actually install the game, you can Yeah, you get stuff. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do it for, like, all the games. Yeah, I was, I, I got, I actually... And, and you know it's fucking typical. You know I'm a I'm a fucking sheep. I did buy the Akuma costume for my fucking avatar like an asshole. <laughs> you know I was like I was like of course I'm gonna buy this. Why wouldn't I? But it bothers me that they don't do something like that with the 360. That would be cool. I mean the 360 avatars I just feel are better representations of us. Ver- I mean don't you know my fucking I said it before my fucking PlayStation 3 avatar looks like Ti. It's like, what the fuck, man? You know, and my and my me, let's not even talk about the fucking me's. Because, don't get me wrong, I just, I, I, somebody did fucking make a me of uh, Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3, and it did pretty much look like him, so. I can't, I can't hate on the me's too much, but it, it's weird. It's certain things are just, you know, I, they, they just milking it for all it's worth. I like the fact that you can get certain free things with certain games, but the overall motivation is always let's see how much money we can take out of you. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's a business, man. It's like, why would you want to buy a giant Q-tip for your avatar on Xbox Live? Has anybody figured that out yet? Yeah, they have a giant Q-tip that you can buy for your avatar. A giant Q-tip of all things, or a seltzer bottle. The only cool thing about a seltzer bottle would be if you could spray like another one of your av- like like one of your friends with it. Like if you're in a party or something, you know, for laughs. But what the fuck are you gonna do with that? Like, don't get me wrong. Once again, stereotypical fucking monkey that I am. I bought dumbbells for my avatar, you know, because I want to watch my avatar curl virtual dumbbells, you know, because that's what I want to do. I bought the lightsaber mainly just for for the, uh, the custom picture I can make with it. I mean, it, it's cool to have a picture with a lightsaber in it, no matter no matter what system it's on. Dude, the lightsaber. lightsaber- the lightsaber is 500 points, man, or almost 500. I think it was like 480. You're a fucking bold dude to fucking buy that shit. Let me tell you, I've, I've hit, I've hit, I've added it to my cart like four times already. And every time I do it, I'm like, I can't fucking spend 400 points on this shit. Well, let's well, think of it this way. The, the way it comes up with uh, buying points for, for 360. You buy a certain amount of points, and then you buy a game, and you have so many points left over. Well, that's where my, my remainder went. Ah, okay. Yeah, usually I just fucking keep adding points until I can just buy shit. Otherwise, you know, I just keep adding. Sometimes I have a surplus of, like, 200 points just for shits and giggles. Well, I have 200 points on my Wii that I can't use, so I'm just letting it sit there. Oh, nice. Well, you can buy fucking Castlevania Remix or Castlevania Reborn or whatever the fuck it is. I never liked Castlevania in the first place. Get the hell out of here with that shit. I mean, I like Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night was a good Castlevania game. You know, I think you know, uh, Castlevania is one of those properties that, you know, and, and I joked about this in a previous broadcast. It's like, all right, I killed Dracula. Now what? 
you know? Oh, I can play as Dracula's son. Okay, I killed Dracula again. Now what? You know, like, it's just, eh. You know, it doesn't move forward. It really doesn't move forward. Yeah, well, unless you make a, a new 3D version of Castlevania or Castlevania fighting game or something. I played that. The Castlevania fighting game was uh, interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was utter fail. But it was. It was interesting. You know what it is? It's weird when when certain properties they make fighting games out of them. You know, like when I played Smash Brothers when it came out years ago. I was like, oh shit! It's Mario punching Luigi in the face. You know, that's pretty cool. But it's like you know, certain certain properties just don't translate well. Oh man, Luigi beating the shit out of Mario while Princess Peach sits there and watches. Yeah, I mean, you know, Smash Brothers just started going really crazy. I um, I mentioned to Slick that I have a game. It's from Konami that's similar to Smash Brothers. Maybe a uh, hyena might have heard of it. And you can play as Snake. You can play as Optimus Prime. Just a whole bunch of weird characters in a Smash Brothers environment. You can fight, it's Optimus Prime fighting like Solid Snake. Is it Mugen? No, it's no, on. It's, uh, Mugen, you idiot. it's on the PlayStation. <laughs> it's on the PlayStation Two. I think it's uh, Konami All Stars or Konami Fighting Jam or something like that. But uh, definitely uh, punch it up. You will laugh your ass off because it's very Smash Brothers ish, and it has a lot of that crazy shit going on. But you know, I have bought it. It's an import game. You know, it never came out in the United States, but. You know, it was, it was interesting, you know, just like, oh, shit, I have Snake and I'm fighting Optimus Prime. What the fuck? You know, it's a good what the fuck moment. That's for oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that Konami owns the rights to make Transformer game owned at one point. Yeah. Sadly, it didn't translate over to the American games to make, uh, to make good Transformer games for the American audiences. But it's funny because sometimes a lot of the Japanese games, and this will be my last uh, point of the show, because there's like four minutes left, it's, uh, you know, I play a lot of like the fucking Raw versus SmackDown games, and the last really good wrestling game I felt that came out was WWF No Mercy on the 64. And that was, I, think, I think that was one of the greatest wrestling games ever. What was that, Ant? I love WCW versus NWO. That was the best game. Oh, yeah, before. that was fun, too. It was, it was all the same shit. That, the, I, I actually own that, too, uh, WCW NWO Revenge. And um, I used to play them with the Game Shark because you can actually put in codes and do, uh, like, you could do the triple cage match in WCW. You can have table matches. You could do the asshole chant. I actually still have a Game Shark just for that. For when you play uh, uh, No Mercy, people with the crowd can chant asshole, and Jim Ross can go, oh, my God, he kicked out. He kicked out. You know, shit like that is, is pretty fucking cool. But I actually played uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, which is really fucking cool, on the Dreamcast. And the cool thing is it has wrestlers from all over the world, and you can download a save file, and it'll add rosters for practically every organization and MMA fighters. And you can actually fight in a ring, an octagon. So, you know, you can do like, you know, Ken Shamrock, from MMA fighting Kurt Angle in an MMA match. Or you can do Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit in a Don't Choke Your Kid match. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, you can, you can, you can oh actually you can, have a, you can have a barbed wire death match or a, uh, a fluorescent light bulb match where you can take the fluorescent light bulbs off the side of the ring and hit each other. 
But, dude, for 2D graphics, the control was really good, and it had a fatigue system and shit, which was badass. So if any of you guys still have a Dreamcast or even a PS2, they did a Fire Pro Returns. I would definitely recommend you guys checking it out. You'd get a good laugh. What's the new name? wrestling game coming out now? We're going to have a new like crea- a career-, career editor mode or whatever. It's w- That's uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 is going to have yeah. that. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be pretty badass, but um, I actually am going to check out the preview this week, and I may cover it on next week's show. Because right, I don't even care about any kind of fighting sports or any, any sports in general, but like that looks interesting because I used to play um, SmackDown back in the day on PS2 like a long, long time ago, yep. so maybe this will be a good re- reintroduction. All right. Well, the one thing I probably would look into next week is one of the few rare occurrences, the PS3 getting an exclusive, Katamari mm-hmm. Forever. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, we got 60 seconds left. We're going to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys once again for calling in, and you'll get your prize within the next week or two, and that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks right. again, you guys, for calling in. Time to close out. All right. Peace, yeah. man. See you around, fellas. Uh, you just heard My Take Radio episode 11 uh, for Thursday, uh, Wednesday, once again. Uh, what the hell is today? Oh, yeah, September 16th, 2009. Uh, once again, feel free to email mtrhost at gmail.com and visit the website, mytakeradio.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. Peace.